This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. Monday, September 19th, 2022. Hi, Jake. Hello. Nice shirt. Thanks. Anyway, uh, so we're supporting Oregon now, apparently. This is Um, not Oregon color. It is, if I say it is. Um, Unfortunately, we do have to talk about Oregon. What was the bigger story over the weekend? Was it the Oregon Ducks winning the football game handily? Or was it Jesse Harsh winning a trip for two to see BYU and Notre Dame? Or perhaps, perhaps it was Oregon fans chanting anti-Mormon hate right. during the game. We'll talk about all that. Utah gets a massive win, and now they head to the reeling, coachless Arizona State Sun Devils. We'll talk BYU football. We will talk Utah football. By the way, it's the Pac-12 back. They have a, had a heck of a weekend. Mm-hmm. Big win for Oregon, as we already know. Utah gets a win. Washington gets a win. Arizona State gets a win because Herm Edwards got fired. Obviously. Is the Pac-12 back on the football field? I think that's a really interesting discussion. As is the fact that uh, I I only correctly picked three games in the NFL this weekend. (coughs) Probably not ideal. (laughs) Probably not ideal. I mean, it, 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 like it was not a um, it was not a productive. Um, not a great week in the NFL. It was not a great week for uh, Mr. Monty in the NFL. It. Uh, I just talked about myself in the third person. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, it was not a good week in the NFL yeah. in any way, shape, or form. We got all that coming up on the show, presented by the Advocates UtahAdvocates.com the best injuries attorney, injury attorneys in the country because they understand when you've been in an accident, it's a very difficult time of your life. So don't delay, don't hesitate. Get online right now at utahadvocates.com. Get your free consultation. They have a chat function on their website, utahadvocates.com. Uh, check them out. I just, I know how tough it is to be in an accident. We've all been there. You need help. You need somebody to fight for you and the advocates will do that at Utah advocates.com all right let's talk BYU football obviously there are a lot of storylines coming out of this weekend with BYU in Oregon and all of the things that happened on the field all of the nastiness that took place in the stands off the field Jake what's the bigger story the chanting or the absolutely terrible tackling technique displayed by BYU yeah, I mean, I, I think, unfortunately, it's going to be the chanting in the stands. You know, I think that that's kind of what that's kind of what everyone's talking about. I, I mean, uh, for us, you know, I think I would love to sit here and be able to talk about, you know, not tackling, uh, not executing, struggling to run the football, like just not really not really playing winning football uh, on Saturday. I would love to be able to sit here and just spend time talking about that and that alone today but unfortunately when there's video of you saying f those mormons uh in the oregon student section that's probably not going to go over too well and i think that 
frankly, I think that people are burned out on thoughts and prayers and apologies. And we're so sorry. And, you know, you get the governor of the state of Oregon, you know, coming out saying that we're an inclusive state and anything short of that is not who we are. And it's like, great, that's standard operating procedure. Your press secretary is really good at what what they do, you know. So that's my problem. You know, I don't feel like anything really gets done. I don't feel like any change is actually made, you know, and, and I think a lot of people want to have this conversation about, you know, well, hey, who, you know, BYU should be outraged and BYU should be offended and BYU should be lighting this up. And, and I'm just here to say that I, I think BYU has been used to this double standard for a long time, you know, where where you have, you know, something will happen to, to BYU and it's not as big a deal. But if BYU says one wrong thing, it's a huge deal. And I think that's what BYU fans are pretty burned out on. So, yeah, I mean, I think the yes, bigger story, be. yeah, the bigger story, I think, clearly is what happened in the student section. But, you know, uh, again, I love talking football, too. So we'll do both. Yeah, I, I think the bigger story is very clearly um, this chanting thing because it continues a trend where fans cross the line and it and I know we've talked a lot about this with BYU volleyball uh and that Duke situation you know where there's zero video evidence that you know any of the allegations made there happen mm -hmm. there's a ton of video evidence this really did happen and it's shocking to me that nothing is being done about it absolutely nothing and again I sit here and I say to you I'm tired of thoughts and prayers it's it's just not good enough there are no repercussions for singling out people based on you know their their faith their color their ethnicity uh it, it, it's ridiculous and we continue to allow it to happen in this country and I think BYU has an opportunity here to take a stand and make something different make change because it, it doesn't matter to me if you're being singled out because you're, you know, black or Latino or because you're Mormon, it's wrong. And the problem yes. is even on Twitter yesterday, you know, like I, I'm having discussions with people on Twitter about this. People don't believe a, that this is a problem and B what's more sad. And what's really frustrating to me is that people will not get together and say, yeah, you know what? It doesn't matter what you're attacking people for. It's wrong. That's the problem. We're having this argument about how attacking somebody because of the color of their skin is somehow worse than attacking somebody because they're Mormon. And I'm here to tell you, one is not wronger or righter, which are two words that were used repeatedly yesterday on Twitter. One is not like one is not okay or more okay than the other. <coughs> they're both heinous. They're both wrong. And it needs to stop. The problem is at Oregon, there are no repercussions for this. Yeah. You're a bunch of bigots. You're a bunch of jackasses who are bigots. And what did Oregon do? Oh, we're sorry. Our bad. We're not going to say we're going to do anything about it. We're not going to make any effort to do anything about it. Our bad. I'm sorry. Your apology is not good enough. God there bless. needs to be serious repercussions for this stuff. Yeah, and, and I feel like... I, I, you know, we, we kind of refer to that whole process as like thoughts and prayers, you know, and, and I, and I, and I feel like that is the sentiment. Like there, I, I don't know. So, so my brain naturally goes to, okay, what would be the discipline or, or, or what should they do? You know, like we know, like with the, as an example, like with the Robert Sarver stuff with the Phoenix Suns, like there's a clear clean cut path to getting Robert Sarver out of the position that he's in. And there are some notable players, you know, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, who are not doing anything about it. The problem is in college football and on college campuses, 
I don't know what what that step is short of expelling a student or or like suspending them for a really long time or like whatever that looks like. I feel like your your options are way more limited and I don't know. So that's why I say it's hard for me to kind of measure like what is appropriate and what's not appropriate. But what I do know is simply saying sorry our bad is not good enough, you know, and, and that so to me, we get to sit here, it, it puts us in a position where we have to sit here and talk about this instead of talking about the fact that Bo Nix and the Oregon Ducks had a great week of football. That's the true crime in it, in my opinion. We, we have to sit here and the media gets to talk about how the student section was absolutely heinous in what they said rather than talking about how good Oregon was on the football field. That, to me, is is the shame in all of this. So, once again, whether we're talking about Duke and Duke Volleyball and, and BYU or we're talking about the Ducks and BYU or whatever, like, it just seems like, you know, for better or for worse, BYU gets wrapped up in the middle of this stuff a lot. And I'm not even saying it's their fault. It just seems to be happening a lot lately. Well, and I, I thought it was interesting yesterday that um... – you know, people were sending me the tweet about the Oregon recruit who is LDS, mm -hmm. who was at the game on the field, and him and his father left um, because they heard the the anti-Mormon chats, uh, or chants, excuse me. So they left, and the, he is not going to go uh, to Oregon. I just, I th is that a repercussion? No, not nearly enough. Does, is that bad for Oregon football? Sure it is. But at some point, we have to stop with the excuses and the, hey, we'll do better next time. I, I just, I, I, you know, I know I pissed a bunch of people off when I said, I think it should be criminal. When you attack somebody for, you know, their a protected class. Yes. When you, when you attack people like that, it should be criminal. Yes. I, I, I just don't know how else to stop it from yeah. happening because it's not protected speech. It's not freedom of speech. It is hate speech. It is a civil rights violation, and it should be criminal. Mm -hmm. In most other countries around the world, it is criminal. In our country, it is not even frowned upon. You know That's what's so frustrating. Anyway, the double standard that BYU has to deal with on a regular basis, to me, is is horrifying. So that's why I say, I mean, when you're, I completely agree with that. And that's why, like, you know, when the question is, hey, what's the bigger story? I think it's a big story what Pac the Pac-12 did on the field this weekend as a conference. Yes. But the problem is, is, is that this type of thing off the field in the stands always seems to lead the news cycle. It always seems to be what we end up talking about. And I have to be honest, it's not fun to talk about. It's not like we roll up on the show every morning and we're like, yep, what racist comment can we talk about today? Or what <laughs> heinous comment can we talk about today? I mean, that's, you know, obviously we're not trying to do that, but it gets to a point where we don't have a choice. I mean, this is this is a big time, you know, D1, P5, like big time school. Like this is not poughkeepsie state like you know what i mean yeah. and, that, and that to me is the is is the issue and and obviously if if it was said at some small school it's an issue but because it's oregon it's an even bigger issue so i don't know what they're going to do about this my feeling is is once again this is going to be forgotten about this is going to this is going to kind of fall off through the news cycle and it's not going to be talked about anymore and it's just going to be something that we'll reference here or there when when something like this happens again but but I just it, it is frustrating that that it just continues to to happen over and over. Yeah, it is. Oh, by the way, they did play a football game. Exactly my point. All right, we can move on from that. Yeah. Do we I mean, should we should we talk about the football game? Sure. Um BYU should have probably tried to tackle in this game. Um uh, this was an absolute throttling. BYU 
got beat badly by the Oregon Ducks. 41 to 20. Uh, BYU falls number 19 in the AP top 25 poll. Um, I, I don't even know where to begin with this game. I mean, I, I thought, oddly enough, I thought Jaron Hall had one of his better performances. Um, I thought he threw the ball well. But there's two things that really stood out to me in this football contest for BYU. Number one, this offense has to run the football. I don't know what the situation is. I don't know why they're not running the ball. They're getting solid offensive line play, and they're just not running the ball well. They average two and a half yards a carry against, uh, against Oregon, which just frankly is not going to get the job done. So I don't know what BYU is going to do to change their fortunes on the ground. But if this team's not going to run the ball, they're not going to to go very far this season. Mm -hmm. And they will not win games in the Big 12. You have to control the football. You have to run the clock. You have to control time of possession. BYU did not do that. BYU also did not tackle in this game. And you, I see all the comments and all the Twitter noise about, you know, got to fire Tuiaki. This was not Tuiaki's fault. I got news for you. Max Tooley completely overrunning play after play after play, being completely out of space, being way over aggressive, running into multiple teammates because he was so over aggressive. That's not Tuiaki's fault. Come on, man. At some point, much like the Utah Utes found out at Florida, at some point, the players have to take accountability. And at some point, the players have to be in the right place and they have to tackle. That was the story of the first half of this game. The, the, the first three touchdowns that Oregon scored, go back and look at those drives and you're going to see really bad fundamental tackling employed by BYU. And it is shocking. It is shocking the level that this defense fell to. But it's also shocking and it is also not, not questionable anymore. If you're not going to get Puka Nakua and Gunnar Romney back, this offense is going to struggle. Even as well as Jaron Hall played, he just didn't have wide receivers that were open. That much was very clear watching this game. He didn't have a whole lot of places to go. And it is really unfortunate that they just never got off the bus. I, I don't want to be too harsh about it, but mm -hmm. BYU just never really was in this game. You never felt like BYU was going to win this game. I don't know what Oregon was thinking taking Bo Nix out so early, but they did. BYU gets back in the game a little bit. They were never threatening to win this game. Yeah, I mean, I think that the the thing that I thought was a really good point that the broadcast made after uh, Oregon scored a couple of times was that, you know, all week Oregon had heard about how physical BYU was. And I feel like Oregon took that personally and took it to BYU. And, I, and, I, and this is kind of what... I said leading up to this game, as long as you're undefeated, which you are not anymore, but it, before the Oregon game, you were undefeated. And I said, as long as you were undefeated, you were going to get people's best every single week. And I think that's what you're seeing in this Oregon game. People are not here to just roll up to BYU, BYU games home or away and just assume, yeah, we'll beat BYU. It's not a problem. You know, they're not a good team. People know BYU are, are, is a great program. They know Kalani, yeah. obviously. Like, they're familiar. And that's why I say... It's not good enough just to think that, hey, like, yeah, we can run for two yards a carry on average, and that'll be good enough. That's not good enough. Like, we'll we'll be able, like, like Max Huey's going to have a great game every single week. That's not the case. Nobody has a great game every single week. So the question that I think is alive and well in the program right now is, was Baylor special magic? You did an amazing job. 
or was Baylor uh, a couple breaks to get you that win? Because this loss, it's not just that you lost the game. You got your ass beat in this game. You got dominated. And that, to me, is now the question that has to be answered moving on to next week. Was Baylor legit? Did you actually play well to win that game? Or did you get lucky, and then you got embarrassed by Oregon, and now you got to figure out how to bounce back? Yeah. That's the problem. Yep, I agree. Let's get some of your comments in here as we talk all things BYU football to kick off the show presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. Uh, I don't know, man. I feel like we're in this situation where it's make or break time for BYU. When, when you when you get through Wyoming, and again, I just maintain that Utah State game is a very dangerous game. Mm -hmm. But when you're heading for Arkansas and Notre Dame, and you you really have to understand now it's make or break time. Nothing's been lost. I mean, you you were you were never going to run the table with this schedule, in my opinion. But now we're going to find out what the medal of this team is. By the way, right. I think the other storyline that we have to talk about Jake Oldroyd's got to make a kick mm -hmm. and you're now you have real concern about the yips for this kid because he is a phenomenal kicker and he, if he continues to miss kicks it's going to be a very rough road because you just don't replace a guy of that quality and I don't know how he gets over whatever this is that he's dealing with he's got to make kicks because missing that field goal it's not his fault clearly that they lost to Oregon Missing that field goal did not help. It did not help at all. So yeah. uh, first one in, Karen Montemayor says, thanks for the awesome event at Barbecue Pit Stop. Everything was great other than the game and only having drums left when I went to grab wings. Big debate on drums versus flats at Barbecue Pit Stop yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. Big debate. I know. And by the way, I would also like to remind everybody there was no there was no blue cheese dressing present. Yeah, that, at I mean, Greg stuff. was present, but no blue cheese was. Present. Yeah, how about uh, how about Greg Hawkins making an appearance? Yeah, uh, strange clouds says ha 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 Oregon lost. LMFAO season's over. Eh, I don't know about that. Uh, good morning, guys. Talk about that Utah win and how they looked instead of talking about BYU got crushed by a team not as good. I'd say Oregon's pretty good. Oregon's, yeah, Oregon's good. Rant says Oregon has higher recruiting classes than BYU and Utah. I wouldn't say they're not good. Yeah. I would agree with that. Jesse Harsh, congratulations. Jesse says, morning, boys. Great show. By the way, winning that contest, top 10 moment in my life. Go Cougs. By the way. So Jesse Harsh was not at Barbecue Pit Stop on Saturday, mm -hmm. which I totally don't understand, Jesse. It's it's offensive. It is. But um, we called him on FaceTime. Yeah. And we should have screen recorded Yeah. It. Totally casual moment for me. Yeah, casual. Um, yeah, exactly. And Jesse's like, he answers the phone, and I'm sure it's like the odd number coming he's through. He's got like his, his phone's ringing, and he's like, he's like who is mm. calling me? Am I going to answer an odd random? And it's like real close to his face. And he's like over here and he's like. Rando he's FaceTime like, call. Hello. Hello. Is my car warranty out of date? <laughs> right. What do you mean it's Nigeria? Uh, but he answers the phone and he was real skeptical. He's like, hello. Hey, guys. On FaceTime. And then it's Jake and I were like, hey. <laughs> we told him he won. They were jumping up and down. It was great. Jesse, yes, congratulations, yes, yes. man. Appreciate you watching the show. Uh, hope you enjoy the trip to uh, Las Vegas. Rant says, BYU fans forgot they beat Ohio State last year 
Uh, they have a better roster. I don't know if they have a better roster. I, I wouldn't go that far. Roy Wall says, Tuiaki needs to go. He's really holding this program back. I 100% disagree. Yeah. I 100% Was he holding disagree. the program back against Baylor? I don't understand how you look at the way this defense played and you put that on the coaches. I mean, you're, you're just you, – you can only lead the player – to water, you can't make them be assignment sound drinking. See, you can only put the linebacker in the A gap. You can't make them tackle. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, like, you cannot. You. What happened Saturday was not Tuiaki's fault. Yeah, I'm I just sorry, think, man. like, I think saying they didn't get off the bus is pretty accurate. Like, I, it really did feel like the defense was just like, yeah, okay, we're good. We beat Baylor. We can hang with these guys. Like, it'll be fine. It didn't feel like that intensity was there. And, and I'm not sitting here saying that they were sleeping on Oregon or they assumed that they'd easily beat Oregon, but you, but you know what I mean. Like the feeling for in the club leading up to the game and like it, there's just a certain feel you have to have to win these big games on the road. And, and I felt like when it was, I think it was like 30 to 7 at one point or whatever it was, it just was like, damn, dude, like yeah. we just did not show up this week. And that, and that to me is what's disappointing for the program because I have to agree, it's not on Tuiaki. The guy can't make you tackle somebody properly. He can coach his ass off and he can teach you technique and he can teach you how not to over-pursue Max Tooley. Like, he can do that. But if you're still going to do it on the field, whose fault is that? You know, so that's yeah. why I say it's just frustrating. Football 50, every hour, 10 to the hour, we bring you the biggest stories in football. Uh, presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Uh, awesome display of awesomeness in pizza stuff. Truly um, incredible. By Papa Murphy's on Saturday at Barbecue Pit Stop. Um, the guys at Barbecue Pit Stop fired up the Traeger Grills, the Ironwood 885s, the Timberline Series. Yeah. And then we put the Papa Murphy's Pizza. Actually, Mrs. Monty put the Papa Murphy's Pizzas on the Traegers. Line of cane and B12. Woo! That was some goodness. Bomb. And by the way, everybody's favorite pizza the Monty special. Make sure you check it out online. Papa Murphy's uh, pizza. Get the app. Papa Murphy's pizzas app is easy to use. Use the promo code Monty 25 for 25% off your purchase. Um, where, where do we go in the, in the pack 12? I think USC is a real unknown. Mm -hmm. That defense is suspect. And it's funny. I tweeted Saturday night. Hey, this USC offense is amazing, but that defense is mediocre. <laughs> and it's gonna it's gonna cost USC games. Mm -hmm. The great Ryan Leaf, the former quarterback, right? Guy I know from ESPN tweeted back and said, Yeah, the defense will be mediocre, but they're just gonna keep eating wins. And I think he's right. Yeah, well, and, I mean, they, their program has all the hallmarks of Lincoln Riley. I mean, I mean, let's just get right to it. Like Lincoln Riley's teams have have been very consistent, extremely efficient on offense, very talented, fast. Like we're just better than you on offense, but the defense has always let them down. And I think that when you start playing SEC teams and you start playing, you know, teams that are college football playoff good. That's why Lincoln Riley doesn't win national championships. That's why he's in the college football playoff conversation and not in the national championship conversation. And to me... Should they be? Um, I mean, I think you're in the college football playoff converse conversation right now if you're SC. I think you have to be. They're dominating teams, and they look good doing it. But, but it is it is Rice. It is Stanford. Well, it is Fresno State. Now they go to, to Research Stadium. 
Oregon State. The Beaver. Nice Beaver. Mm -hmm. Probably too much. Um, Saturday night, right? 7.30 on... My, here's my question. How is USC and Oregon State on Pac-12 Network? <laughs> like, this is a huge game in the conference. Because it's Oregon State. That's and it's why. On it's Oregon State. That's why. Pac-12 Networks. Yeah, nobody so. cares about Oregon State. That's the problem. Enjoy that broadcast, all three of you. Um, but this is a Don, huge game. Please. I'm telling you. And, and again, I understand they're not USC and they don't have the Heisman Trophy uh, winner to be Caleb Williams under center. But I'm telling you right now, the Beavs are 3-0. and The Beavs. The Beavs. And they've also, you know, played a cupcake schedule at Boise, Fresno State, Montana State. Right. Oregon State can play football. Yeah. And when the, you put up 68, 68 on Montana State. Wow. This is going to be a this going to be a game. And I'm telling you, you 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 go to Corvallis and your hopes and dreams die. Yeah. And that is that is the next team but, that but loses if, their national championship aspirations in Corvallis will not be the first. Yeah, and this isn't this isn't SC's first time heading up there as a program and and you know getting killed, right? Like that's that's happened before, but but I just I, I don't know. I think I think they'll be fine. Like I think Lincoln Riley and that offense are it's just savage what they're able to do and and that and, and and it gets to a certain point where they're just better athletes than you. They're just simply faster and that creates opportunities. It's not like it's the scheme getting guys open or it's not like it's missed tackles yeah. everywhere and that's why guys are getting, you know, 8 10 yards after first contact. Like it's literally just that they're faster than you and they get open. I mean, that's just what it is. By the way, are we going to get some like NFL films music or are we going to get some Dude, like, like I've been saying for like 3 weeks we need music and we haven't done it yet. But where's the NFL? Do you have NFL music? I have NFL music on the lock stuff. I don't have just NFL music right now. Man, need some music under football 50% by uh, Papa Murphy's Pizza. Um, the other the other thing I think that is so critical is, and we're going to talk about Utah football here in about five minutes, but I think th that firing Herm Edwards was a huge moment for the Pac-12. And if you didn't hear, Herm Edwards is out, out, fired. It's about well, oh, time. I'm sorry. Here, how do I, I, I should, I should say it. Um, they've mutually agreed to part company. You got to fuck one, marry one. Yeah, you're one. out. Go. I don't know why that was played. But you're out. Um, I Herm Edwards was never the right hire. He's been there four plus seasons. They're 26 and 20. A massive recruiting scandal. Exodus from the program and the coaching ranks. Players have transferred. Like this is an ugly situation at Arizona State. But I think moving on from Herm Edwards makes them a more dangerous team. Now, obviously, if you're a Utah fan, you're going to find that out this weekend because where are the Utes? Well, the Utes are going to Tempe. Uh -huh. The Utes are going to curb stomp Arizona State. Excuse me, curb I, stomp? I said curb stomp. Curb they will put stomp. them teeth on the curb. And Bro. Anyway, the point is, the point is, this is the move in the right direction for Arizona State. But if they don't fire Ray Anderson, their athletic director, I, I don't know... I would not trust him to hire another coach. You fired Todd Graham, who who essentially paid for that stadium to be renovated in, in Tempe. You fired Todd Graham to hire Herm Edwards, and it was a massive step backwards. Mm -hmm. And if the conference is going to be relevant, if the Pac-12 is ever going to be the power conference it's supposed to be, yeah, it never will be because it's going to die. Right. But Arizona State's got to play a huge role in that. 
And I think if you're Arizona State, the other thing I think that needs to be said about ASU is stop telling me that ASU is some massive program in waiting. Like John Canzano, the the Oregon apologist, um, tweeting last night that, you know, Arizona State's a sleeping giant. There's no giant and they haven't been sleeping. They're not a good football program. (laughs) They're not a good athletic program, right? I mean, they're not. Let's be very honest about it. Arizona State, it's neat that you've had a better run than Arizona and all that's cool and stuff. Arizona State is irrelevant. Mm -hmm. They have been, they're going to be, until they hire a real football coach who can come in and recruit, clean up the program, and actually, you know, win games of consequence. Yeah, with no due respect. You got to win games. Yeah. And Arizona State doesn't win games. Do you see what I Big mean games, about, about, about ASU and Arizona, though? When we talk about, like, college football expansion and, like, the value of the state of Arizona and their programs, they're not valuable. But, it, it, but they should be. It's mismanagement. It's Dave Hickey being a terrible athletic director yes, at Arizona. I don't even disagree with that. But, but again, like, I don't disagree with that. But they've been mismanaged for how long? It's them. It's the conference. It's everybody. Like, that's the problem. But perhaps the most hilarious part of Herm Edwards getting fired at Arizona State Uh is that immediately ESPN, Pete Thamel, puts out a list of prospective coaches that they'll hire. Okay, so, so who do we think was on the list? Number one, Kalani Sataki at BYU. Yeah, next question. So wait, let me get this right. And I, I'm look. I know I'm just little Monty. I do this little crappy just podcast this little thing. YouTube you know, show, no like, big deal. You know, like you're nothing in, your, to you're see in here. your son's basement. You know, you know. Yeah, right. Okay. He wears you know Oregon shirts and stuff. You're right. Yeah. Um, right. Let me get this right. Kalani is going to leave what he says is his dream job. Right. For a dumpster fire under investigation, likely to be sanctioned by the NCAA. Right. With no talent. They have no talent at Arizona State. Uh-huh. They lost to Michigan Directional School, <laughs> bro. And mi- by the way, Eastern Michigan was playing their backup quarterback, <laughs> and you got beat badly at you home. Said Eastern Directional. <laughs> Are you serious? So anyway, never mind all that. Then he wait. So wait, Kalani, who's been looked looked down the nose at mm-hmm. by all the Pac-12 schools who now have all tried to hire him, notice, oh, well, you're just little BYU. We don't want you in our conference, you know, and stuff. But we'd hire you at Oregon, Washington, and now supposedly Arizona State. Yeah. Get out of here. F-O-H. idiot. Get out of here with that. Yeah. Get out of here with that. Yeah, 100%, dude. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. What's not ridiculous is Papa Murphy's Pizza. No one goes all in on made-from-scratch freshness like Papa Murphy's. Because when you go all in, people notice. Go all in with the triple pet pizza for just eleven ninety nine. Papa Murphy's change the way you pizza. There you go, football fifty ten of the hour. Every hour on the Monty Show is presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you download their app. Super easiest way to order: download the app. Schedule your pickup for any time you want. You can order at 10 a.m., pick up at 5 o'clock. The pizza will be fresh and ready to go. Waiting for you when you roll into the Papa Murphy's Pizza nearest you. Please do not forget also to order the, the chocolate chip cookie dough. You take it home as you're making the pizza. You're making the cookies. You eat the pizza. The Bomb. cookies are ready. Like, I'm telling you, 
Hook it up. Papa Murphy's Pizza. Use the promo code MONTY25 for 25% uh, off your purchase of $25 or more. The Monty Show, Truth in Salt Lake Sports Talk. Every day is presented by the Advocates, utahadvocates.com. And, you know, the the thing I, I always say about the advocates is you didn't deserve to get into an accident, but you do deserve an advocate. That's why you chat with them free online. You never pay out of pocket. You never pay up front. There's no such thing as a retainer when you go to utahadvocates.com. Probably the biggest story in sports this morning. Definitely BYU losing to Oregon. They fall to 19th in the AP Top 25. This ugly chanting, uh, anti-Mormon chants uh, by Oregon fans. Well, thankfully... You know, because BYU did nothing and they banned somebody and they did a full investigation. That wasn't enough because they didn't do what Oregon did, which was apologize and move on and do absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. Oregon simply apologized. And by the way, by the way, it should be noted, not just the University of Oregon, the student section also apologized. Oh, okay. Okay, it's all better now. It's all better now. The student section has apologized. Whew, man. See, I mean, if The Rock had just apologized for not doing what they were accused of doing and stuff, mm-hmm. they apologized. The student section apologized at Oregon. I personally would like an apology. Did they single out fans by name and ban them? No. Are they doing an investigation? No, there's nothing to investigate. It's all on tape. Um, you know, like, are they taking... <laughs> Wait, I thought you said this was on video, but they still did nothing. They've done nothing. They have they have multiple tens upon tens of fans chanting anti-Mormon chants. Heinous, terrible anti-Mormon chants. On video, all over social media. Is Oregon going to do anything? Apparently not. Obviously not. I, it's a black eye for college football, I'm telling you. Yep. It is absolutely yep, a black eye. But will any will South Carolina cancel any athletic event in Oregon over this? Probably not. Probably not. Don Staley's probably on the phone trying to schedule events with Oregon. Yep. Okay, I'll stop. Um I think obviously it is victory Monday if you are a Utah fan as the Utes throttle San Diego State 35 to 7 the Utes move up a grand total of one spot to mm-hmm. 13 in the AP top 25. Let, let, the importance of this game. I think obviously getting the wide receivers involved Seeing Devon Vele, uh, seeing Enos get involved, like that to me was huge. Because yeah. I, I think, again, and I know we've talked about this repeatedly, but you know what you have in in Dalton Kincaid and Brant Keithy. Mm-hmm. I, the, the talent of Brant Keithy is unquestioned. His impact on the game, unquestioned. I still don't think to this day that we have any idea uh, of what Devon Vele's up, up top absolute best is for, for Utah football. But, man, it was good to see him catch some some meaningful passes. Yeah, and we know what we do know is what everyone's saying that, that Devon should be, which is a top-end, you know, take the top off the defense receiver. So, with that being the case, the fact that he hasn't performed yet is, is you know, kind of concerning. And, and, you know, you have the broadcast talking about how this guy is, you know, a superstar in the waiting, and, and you know, he, his time is coming. And it's like, all right, cool, that's great, your time is coming, but it's week three. You know, the Utes lost the game in week one that they should have won. You didn't really have any part in that game, if we're being honest. Like, you had a couple of catches, but nothing significant. So it was nice to see Devon get going in this game a little bit. And and I do think this storyline about how the Utes struggled early in this game in the first quarter with, with San Diego State's physicality uh, and, and just effort and energy early in the game 
And then to be able to come out and control the game before halftime rolled up, I thought was really nice to see. You know, Utah obviously has gone through some some you know some trials this season so far already, losing games yeah. they didn't want to lose, and yeah. like you know just dealing with some stuff. So I think any time that you can bounce back mid-game when you've struggled a little bit early against a team that everyone says you should beat by like 30 points or whatever it was, you know, that's nice to see. So I felt like this was a great week for Utah. I felt like Cam looked pretty pretty damn good in this game, you know, good ball placement. Wait, he was rusty early. Yeah, he was I rusty. I don't think there's like, any doubt but, about but that. But I think he wasn't alone in that. Like, I feel like they weren't running it great early. They obviously weren't passing it great early. Um, San, it felt like San Diego State had the Utes on their heels, and then all of a sudden, the Utes just kind of wake up, and they well, start when, moving when, the ball. I mean, once they knocked Burmeister out of the game, I, I think we all kind of had a feeling this game was over, not that it was ever going to be in question, in my, my opinion, but you look at the way that the defense performed, it's great. But again, I look at Tavion getting into the end zone, I thought that was a really important moment, and it's, you know, when you contrast BYU and Utah, BYU's run game hasn't gotten going. Utah's run game has sputtered, and I think that's why getting Tavion in the end zone, allowing him to kind of carry the offense a little bit there for a, a nice stretch, I thought that was really important for the Utes because it makes you feel good. It makes you, you know, build that confidence of running the football. Now, having said that, I still think that that Enos and Vele were the two big stories in this game, and they didn't put up gaudy numbers. I mean, if you look at the, the receiving numbers in this game, um, you know, you have Brant Keithy leading the way with five for 64 in a, in a touchdown, but Devon Bailey, three for 38 and two scores. I think that's a big performance for him. You look at Solomon Enos, three for 35 and a touchdown. That's a big performance for him Yeah, because now as the season ramps up and you get a little deeper into the PAC 12 schedule, you need to have this same performance, but better against Arizona state. And I think they'll clean up a lot of those rusty mistakes. The offense made early in the game. And I think they're gonna they're gonna really play a, a much higher level uh, against Arizona State, and and I think it's interesting they're only a 15 point favorite at Arizona State on the road with Arizona State just having fired Herm Edwards. I'm surprised that that number didn't bump up. Yeah, it's kind of interesting if you compare Arizona State to San Diego State with in terms of how far or how much the Utes are favored. Like the Utes were you know minus 21 against San Diego State, you know, so so that's a huge number. So. You go, you go to Arizona State now. Obviously, a Pac-12 opponent, uh, P5 team. You know, and you look at you look at the spread now, and it's minus 15. So, to me, if you just go off of conference and level of college football, that makes sense to me. But I do have to agree with you that not having your head coach and like having an interim that has to step in and like having just waves running through the program, if you will. It is a little surprising it's only 15. I do have to agree with that. Now, that said, I don't... Arizona State, like, shouldn't even be able to compete with the Utes, in my opinion. Like, I would expect Utah to control this game. I, I, I just think... You know, the problem is, is we know what Utah can do. We know that Utah is Rose Bowl good. We know that they're, they're, they're New Year's Six Bowl good. We know that. But they have to come out and show that. The execution has... Like, the level... The bar has to be raised on execution whether we're talking defense and tackling or we're talking offense but but let's be real honest about what the question is are you better than usc right now i think it's really close i think you are better than usc because i think utah's defense can can hold down usc to a certain extent to allow them to win a game i'm not going to sit here and say that utah's defense is going to keep you know sc at 20 points in a, in a in a college football game but what i am saying is that 
Utah's defense can do enough to slow down USC yeah. to give the offense a chance. All I know is if Cole Bishop and Gabe Reed and Lander Barton, if those guys are going to play the way they played against San Diego State, and you're probably not going to get nine tackles out of Cole Bishop against a USC, he's not going to be able to play in the box as a linebacker the way he did against San Diego State, but... If you're going to get that kind of performance and leadership out of those guys, yeah. it's going to be a very long night. And I don't care who the offense is. Yeah. This Utah defense, and again, to contrast Utah to BYU, you get the benefit of the doubt defensively at Utah that you don't get at BYU, right? Like the, the bounce back from the Florida game, there was no question this defense was going to step up. There was no question the depth of this defense at Utah was going to shine. And you look at Lander Barton, you look at uh, Kareem Reed, you look at the way that this defense came together, and you look at the the way they absolutely dominated. And again, Burmeister was out. I totally understand that. But you look at the way that they inflicted damage on those young San Diego State quarterbacks. Yeah. Just like baiting them into making mistakes, getting after the quarterback's ass, throwing the interceptions. It just was everything that you needed out of Utah. Yeah. I cannot wait for October 15th against USC. Yeah. Because that's the measuring stick. I think Utah is going to be better than just about every team that they run into. Um, you look at their schedule with, with ASU. Fortunately for Utah, come you know October 1st, they don't have to go to Corvallis. Corvallis has to come to Salt Lake City when yes. Oregon State comes in. I think that's a huge game on the schedule. You look at what happened at the Rose Bowl Saturday because you have UCLA uh, at the Rose Bowl on October 8th. That was an embarrassing, embarrassing showing by UCLA <laughs> football. I yeah. mean, you can't tell me they had 10,000 people in the stands. <clears throat> I'm not buying 29,000 people. And at what point is UCLA going to build a stadium on campus? Yeah, You're not Pasadena, right? You're Westwood. And at some point, you're going to have to... to make an, a, a stadium that people want to go watch football at. Now, it would help if UCLA football was anything other than a garbage on yeah. a week-in and week-out basis. But it's <laughs> embarrassing when you can't put 10,000 people in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> it would help if they were anything but garbage. They, oh, they're... <laughs> Dude, their their program for a decade has not been fun it's, to watch. I, I know it's just it's just funny, like when when you can legit say that about a program, like and it's not just like hating on a team, like they are terrible. They're brutal. Yeah, I don't disagree. As we talk, Utah beating San Diego State, heading for Arizona State. Um, I see a lot of people in. Um, <laughs> it, it's amazing how many people are ripping Tuiaki. And saying that this you, this BYU defense is embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Listen, I, I I think these two games were very interesting. San Diego State, Utah, BYU, Oregon. You are defined by how you bounce back from losses. And yeah. I think when you look at this game, what did it represent for Utah? This was really your bounce back game from Florida. That's what this was. This was your first look because let's be honest. You look at at Utah's schedule. And you see that, hey, we lose to Florida, right? Is Southern Utah really a bounce-back game? No. It's not. This was the game against San Diego State that you needed to come out and prove a point. They covered the 21. And I think that's exactly what you were trying to do. You were trying to send a message. You looked dominant running the ball in the, in the second half. I mean, Tavion looked good. This is everything you needed. And if you're BYU, now we're going to find out what kind of football team you are. You're not going to fire the defensive coordinator 
because your best defensive player in Max Tooley was consistently in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right. I, 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 nobody's talking about Tyler Batty's absence from the, from that lineup. Did anybody, are, are you telling me that that had no impact on the quality of their defense? Now, it'd be nice if you had depth behind him, but clearly they missed him on that line. There's no doubt about that. This team got physically dominated in the run game. Oregon got what it wanted on the ground. Mm -hmm. That's the bigger issue is that it's not that you got, you got embarrassed. You never showed up defensively. If you want to fire Tuiaki, talk about not showing up defensively. Okay, we can have that conversation. Schematically, it was not his fault. Are there some blitzes or are there some exotics I'd like to see them run differently or call differently? Sure. But you could make changes to everybody's call sheet. Yeah. You could make changes to everybody's decisions when you're looking at it on Monday morning. This is not a game where you're like, oh, got to fire the defensive coordinator. You got your ass kicked on both sides of the football. Yeah. Wasn't even close to good enough. Just call it what it is. Yeah. Let's stop talking about firing coaches and start talking about how you're going to react and rebound from this loss. Mm -hmm. Be a better fan than that. If you're going to sit here and say, oh, well, you know, Tuiaki, he's only here because they're friends. He's here because he's a really good defensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. He's a really, you, you weren't calling for his job the last two weeks, were you? Were you calling, as Jake said, were you calling for his job after you beat Baylor? You were not calling for his job after you beat Baylor. If Puka Nakua played in this game, it's a different game, right? You're probably, we're probably not talking about Tuiaki. We're talking about Nakua. Right. Right. So you, you just got beaten by a team that was clearly better than you. Now let's figure out who you are. Yeah. Because these are the, these are the wins and the losses that define you. You got to come out and score 70 on Wyoming. That it, it's yeah, the just nice that guy simple. stuff can't can't happen this year. I mean, the 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 nice guy. We're only going to put up forty five no. instead of seventy. That can't happen this year. And I think I think it's even more important to put up seventy uh, after you lose the way you did to Oregon to feel good about yourself. And 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 I'm not even trying to be cliche or cheesy or corny. Like I think as a football team, like I, you know, I I was never a professional athlete, but I can tell you. In the limited time I did play college sports, anytime we got crushed by a team, that next game we were trying to put up like you know a bunch of runs. We were trying to we were trying to rack up the scoreboard so that we could feel good heading into that next matchup. So for BYU, I just think it's it's hard because of BYU. Probably not if, but when because you're going to play Arkansas. When you lose that second game, that's going to be a real gut punch because I think then you're you're like all right, you know what is what are we really trying to accomplish this year? So that's why I say. You got to rack up points against these bad teams. Yep. And Morris says, uh, Oregon played great. BYU was flat. Yes, they were. Pack finally had a good week. Yes, they did. Uh, Boyd Lake, good morning to you. Tuiaki had great games. This was players not defending well in space and not tackling. Guys can't play hero ball and expect to beat Oregon. That's exactly right. And I love Max Tooley, and I love what he's brought to the field and what he's bought, brought to the defense. But he's got to be more disciplined. He's got to stay within himself because if he's not going to play well nine games out of ten, you're going to lose. He is that. I think he is that important to that defense because it's not like you were giving up big play after big play in the passing game. You weren't. The problem was you got beat up front, and they ran right at where Batty would have been. You didn't have an answer for that. And again, you got to tackle well. Yeah. It, that like you, we could sit here and talk about schemes and play calls 
BYU simply didn't tackle well. How many times did they have Oregon behind the line of scrimmage and didn't make the tackle? In the first quarter alone. Like that, that, and, and it's so funny. I, I, it's, it's very deja vu. I mean, this is the same conversation we had with Utah. How yes. many times did the Utes have Anthony Richardson in the backfield, like around his shoulders? How many times? I mean, multiple times, like probably five to seven times easy in, in the, in the first you know, 12 minutes of the game, you you had plenty of opportunities, and that's what's so frustrating because Bo Nix is not anything special, right? Bo Nix is not some, you know, crazy, like, you know, trendsetter of a quarterback. That's not who Bo Nix is. Like, he is quality enough. Obviously, he can move a little bit, but he, but he's not Anthony Richardson athletic. He's not, he's not you know, some savage as a, as a passer. He, he is good in a lot of different areas and not great in any one area. That's who he is as a quarterback. And clearly, BYU, technically speaking and fundamentally speaking, was not prepared to play this game. And yeah. that's what's disappointing to me. Yeah, and it, and that's what that's not on Tuiaki. That's a Kalani Sataki issue. Yeah, I mean, frankly, if you're going to sit here and call for Tuiaki's job, you might as well just talk about firing the staff because it's a staff issue. It's not like just because Tuiaki runs the defense doesn't mean that that he's personally responsible for for Max Tooley missing tackles. Like, how about we talk to the positions coach? How about we talk to the guy in the room teaching fundamentals of tackling? Like, that's why I say I agree with you when you say it does sound kind of harsh, but I agree with the sentiment that don't be that fan today. Don't be that fan when you lose your first game of the year, you know, and you did it in embarrassing fashion that says, hey, we got to fire this guy or that guy. Like, let's see how they bounce back. I, you, I, I think you, cannot, you have to be. You cannot allow the quarterback to run for three scores. Yeah. I mean, Bo Nix ran all over you. They did whatever they wanted to do. Yeah, That's we just knew. what happened. We, we even talked about Marquise Irving on the show Friday. Yeah. I mean, you knew he was going to run the football. You did not tackle Bo Nix well. I mean, that, that Bo Nix is, is not a great quarterback. He is a good quarterback. BYU made him look like the best quarterback in the country. Yeah. I, the, the, listen, man, I, I understand you're frustrated with the defense. Calling for Tuiaki's job today is just not the right way to go about it, in, in my opinion. Uh, Tanner said, I think BYU bought into the hype, which is the last thing you do. I actually don't think they did. This, dude, this has nothing to do with hype or, you know, BYU thinking they were the best team since sliced bread. It has nothing to do with it. What it has to do is Oregon took it personally that everyone was talking about BYU being this physical football team after the Baylor win. And so Oregon just went out and said, hey, we're going to kick your ass all day long. We're going to beat you in the trenches, which is going to let us beat you in the running game, and then we're going we're gonna to outpace you in the passing game. That's what happened, I think man. Oregon took the Georgia loss personally. I'm, now, oh, here, I'm sure they did. Now here's my question. Yeah. Is BYU going to take the Oregon loss personally? Is BYU gonna 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 come out and play for their pride? I like venom and vitriol. I mean, that's what you've got to have. Like, I I just can't, I can't. This is not who BYU football is. And hitting the panic button this morning, I think, is the exact wrong way to go about it. I, I calling for people to be fired and this guy sucks and that guy sucks. Like, it's one game. They've lost one game. Yeah. This is not Arizona State. This is not. You know, you're not mediocre. You're still a really good football team. Hell, you're still 19th in the country. Yeah. Like, the, the, it's amazing to me that BYU fans this morning are sitting here panicking. Like, 
What are you panicked about? Just look at it for what it was. Like this is like like when we were in the heart of the Utah Jazz season. What do we always tell you? Look at it from X's and O's. Don't look at Rudy Gobert's numbers and say he's the best defender in the league. Right? That's what you you can't do. You Don't. can't run for sixty one yards. Yeah, dude. You can't you can't like, do that. It's you, not and how think it works. You're gonna win. Like you have the guy at quarterback. Yes. Jaron Hall is the guy. He is good enough to win you every single game now. He has grown that much. Yeah. And he is, it's game four and he is healthy. Like he has progressed. You can't, what did they run? I, I want to say they ran for, what was it? 60, 61 yards. You can't run for 61 yards against Oregon. Yeah. Without your two best receivers, and by the way, I was not, you know, and 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 look, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat the Christopher Brooks situation. Like, I know the offensive line wasn't phenomenal this week, obviously. Like, I, you know, there are things to work on and everything, but I really was not a big fan of a the play calling and how much east to west they were doing, how 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 many screen passes they were trying to run, and b I want to just see more of hey turn around hand the football off to Christopher and let Christopher hit the a gap. Like why, why? Like, I just won't understand or I can't understand why BYU wants to get so nifty with it on offense. Like I understand the screen pass is necessary. I don't even hate on that. I think it's definitely a tool in your, in your offensive tool bag, if you will. But at some point you have to be able to say, okay, Harris, the chance and the boys need to do their damn job. And that is to create a gap. And when they do that, because they are pretty good at it, when they do that, Brooks needs to hit that hole and hit it fast. And he needs to get to the second level as fast as possible. And that that dynamic of not running the football, when you don't have that present in your offense, you are not going to be able to pass the football because they're going to put 10 guys in that box and they are not, they're going to take away the intermediate pass. So you can take your shots all day long and that's fine. But if you can't run the football and you're in like third and 15 constantly, you're not going to have a good day. And that's what you saw this whole game. You were behind the sticks constantly. Yeah. You were put in bad situation after bad situation. And that's why you lost the game. So that's why I say I it's not all on Brooks for the running game. But I think this combination of not prioritizing running it right down someone's throat is not helping Brooks get comfortable. It's, it's not helping his cause. Nope. Tanner also says Tuiaki's play calls were terrible. That's why he deserves a lot of blame. Okay, so going back and watching a lot of the defensive sets last night, they were in position to make plays. So how, if we're going to sit here and say Tuiaki's play calls were terrible, okay, well, is it that the play call was terrible or the player was in the space and didn't make the tackle? Because there's at least a dozen of those. So... My, I, I, I just, you, you guys are way over the top on Tuiaki today. Like, if, if we're firing Tuiaki, why aren't we firing Harvey Unga? <laughs> like, why are we, like, if we're, if you're firing Tuiaki, why are we not firing Aaron Roderick? Why are we not, why are we not firing Kevin Kloon? Like, all the guys that where their positions didn't perform, didn't run the football, why aren't we firing Harvey Unga? The running backs coach. Who's the special teams coach? Um. You, well, Ed Lamb. Why aren't we firing Ed Lamb? No, the, Ed Lamb coaches the safeties. Why are we not firing Ed Lamb? Like, it's it's you're way over the top. You're way over the top. Players didn't make plays. You've lost one game. 
Why do you? Why is this? I I I just don't understand it. Yeah. I really don't. Mike Maples, uh, Jaron Hall really is that guy. Yes, he is. That was a game in prior years. He would have forced things and caused turnovers. I totally agree. With totally that. agree. Totally agree with that. Uh, Alvin Gully says both our teams look bad Saturday. The Hogs secondary is so bad it made an FCS look good. If your quarterback can compete. Uh, a forward and your O-line can give him three to five seconds. We can't defend you. Could be. Um, Robert Lambert said, what about going forward on fourth and anything all game? Well, I also think when you're down by and you're in the position that BYU's in, I think you're going to go for it more than not on fourth. Though. But I like this conversation a lot. I'm glad this got brought up because I think early in the game, you. so let's go back to Baylor for one second. First Baylor, you went for it and you made it. And it's what defined the game, right? When you had fourth and one, and I think they were on Baylor's like 45. They were in the midfield somewhere. So there was some risk to it, but it wasn't like you were on your 30 or something, you know? And they made it. And then they go down and they score if, if memory serves. This week against Oregon, you tried that same thing early in the game. The problem was, is Oregon's speed overcomes any play call that you have. They were able to get to the spot before you were. And that's why I say... That's why when I was watching this game, I didn't have an issue early in the game with you going for it because that's who BYU is. That's who, that's that's what this offense is. You're 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 gonna push the pace. And Jaron has talked so much about how you know when they get their rhythm and they have tempo going and and they're they're really in that flow, they play a lot better. So not only you didn't have tempo on Saturday, you weren't executing offensively. Not that that's all on Jaron or anything, but I just didn't feel like. The play calls, you know, the run game, like you weren't executing offensively. And that led to you not scoring much, which means what? Your defense is on the field constantly. So wait, let me get this right. We're going to sit here and say that Tuiaki's play calls suck when his defense was on the field for Lord knows how many oh, plays. Oh, four on fourth down. Like, it's in, like it, it is a like in all three phases, Jake missed kicks, the offense didn't execute, and the defense didn't execute. BYU was just not as good as Oregon on Saturday. And by the way, Oregon, one of the better third-down teams, 4 of 12 on third down. That's respectable by BYU's defense. Yes. You can't have your defensive coordinator out there standing next to Max Tooley, putting him in the right spot, telling him, hey, he, do you not, did you, go back and watch. Just watch the first quarter of this game. Yeah. Watch how many times Max Tooley overruns a play is over-aggressive to the point of attack, completely misses the, plays the wrong, like runs into his own guy because he was so over-aggressive to the, like it was just that day you lost one game to a better team. And by the way, there are learning lessons in this game. Like Man. I think I think nobody wants to talk about that either. Like let's use Max as an example. You tell me as, a, and I'm just talking about as an individual for Max in his own personal game on the football field. When you play the position he plays and you make the plays he did against Baylor, that hit in the A-gap when he dropped that dude, when you're making those kind of plays and you have the game he had, I think he had like 10 or 13 tackles or whatever it was against yeah. Baylor. He had a huge game. That confidence goes pouring into the next game. So it wouldn't be surprising to me if Max just was a little overconfident, overran a bunch of plays, and then this next week adjusts, and he's back in the groove. That happens. These guys are human beings. So yes. That's why I say there's a lot of learning lessons here. You're a one-loss team. There's no reason why you still can't have success. So I, I, I'm completely with you. I think this stuff about firing guys is completely ridiculous. Jeremy Bolton, good morning to you. He says, hey, by the way, thanks for blowing us off on Saturday, Jeremy. Yeah. Jerk. 
Uh, good morning. Frustrating game. The college football. That's college football, man. Teams have terrible games. Teams have great games. I think BYU bounces back and Wyoming is going to be taken to the woodshed. Totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. 100%. Um, Josh Lovren says BYU made Bo Nix look like Tebow on Saturday. Yes, Seriously, they did. though. Yes, they did. You know Josh. what I mean? And, and that that's why it was just like, man, like a Tebow reference, you know, like they're there. You just got to a point in this game where where they were just going to do whatever you wanted or whatever they Oregon's wanted. It's just better. Oregon's a better football team right now. It, yeah. it, it just it is what it is. Cam Harrison. Good morning. He says, good morning, guys. Season's not over yet. Lots of football to be played. Don't forget that. God Jeremy bless. Bolton says, by the way, the Oregon fans, I was around were great and didn't hear the despicable chance thank goodness sorry for not checking in had a tongue going on yeah so we're just not that important you okay i mean don't you know who i am at least we understand you know at least we understand ourselves you know uh snooka says uh firing a good coach would make things works worse practice what you preach and put some faith in our team exactly right seriously exactly right uh jeremy says Tuiaki wasn't out there missing tackles and not wrapping up exactly That's what right I mean, dude it's like it's just, exactly right it's it's one of the most frustrating things not only as a as as you know you know a fan obviously of football but as someone who's you know, invested in this team on some level. Like we obviously we cover BYU and we talk about them almost on a daily basis. Like when we watch Utah, BYU, like any of these teams, it's so frustrating when they're right here, literally. Wait, 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 wait. In his wait. Hands. Stop the show. Stop okay, the we're, show. We're stopping the show. Life lessons from Tanner about football. Oh, uh, here we go. Hold on. Let me. Let me. Okay. Let's see where where my Tanner drops at here. Okay. Let's see. Okay. Get the Tanner. Okay. Drops here we out. go. All right. We're good. Okay. Tricky team. All right. Go ahead. Mont, here's what you don't understand. First of all, Mont. Here's what you don't understand. Okay. Yep. Okay. One loss for independent BYU and their season's over. Is that true? Thank you. But did I have tickets later in the season? Jesse Harsh, I mean, must just be upset now. So now they're not going to play the Notre Dame game because the season ended Saturday. I don't have much to say. Damn it. You know, let's just... I Tanner, why didn't you tell me that? You're cold-blooded. You just wait and wait. You didn't, you waited until now to tell me what, the minute they lose a game that they just canceled the rest of the season? Why didn't you tell me that before we gave tickets away to that game? Oh, man. Now what? M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. What am I going to do now? The Monty Show. It's very sad. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh my God. I love you, Tanner, bro. Love you, bro. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Next comment. Uh, Josh, <laughs> Josh Leverin says, fire them all. Hire Herm. You play to win the game. <laughs> hey, I mean, that's an option. You could fire. Listen, let's, let's do that. I mean, Kalani's such a terrible coach. Send him to ASU. We'll take Herm and all the staff that quit on Herm for the recruiting scandal stuff. Right. That's who BYU is, right? Like, yeah. you know, we just fire people willy-nilly now over here in Provo. Yeah. We're that team down south. TES, little brother. This is Big 12 country over brother. here. Brother. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, M. Morris says, you always have crazies jumping in to fire someone these days. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Giggity, what's up, my man? He goes, might as well call, fire, call to fire Sataki while you're firing every other coach. Just clean house. Take... Take that buffoon Tom Homo with you. And that racist fan, too. Send them all to Tempe. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Come on. Ken Williams says, it's just a bad day. Coaches can teach, but players have to make plays. Thank you. 
Thank you. New York Jazz fans says, well said, Ken. Uh, Ken says, BYU fundamentals sucked. You got to tackle. Thank you. Yes. Uh, John Jackson says, who won the BYU-Notre Dame tickets? Jesse, Jesse Harsh. Harsh. Jesse Harsh won the BYU-Notre Dame tickets. Uh, talking with Raphael Podcast. On PBS Radio. NPR. Uh, good, to, good to see you Saturday, <laughs> uh, Raphael. He was at uh, Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh. Says, good morning, casuals. Well, hello there. Uh, Giggity says, LOL, Jake has a folder of Tanner drops. Yeah, hey, man. You know what I mean? I'm I'm, I'm prepared. You know what I Tanner's mean? Tanner's one of our best <laughs> listeners. Yeah, he's like, Tanner is the gift that keeps on giving. Thank you. He just tends to he tends to get a little he tends to get a little emotional, which is why Tanner should go to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Um, are you grinding? Are you trying to get out of that nine to five? Are you trying to find that side hustle that can finally make you the money that you and your family deserve to make? TridayTrading.com slash Monty. It's that simple. And I know we talk a lot about this, and I know we talk about a lot about grinding because we grind every single day. Guess what? We took our side hustle and we made it a full-time gig. You're looking at it, right? You can do the same thing with trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Do you know what day trading is? Day trading is a great opportunity to make money on the stock market. And if you're like me, I was absolutely all in on Dogecoin to the moon. To the moon. To the moon, Doge, uh, AMC, GameStop, like did pretty well on those. I'm passionate about making money, as are the guys at TridayTrading.com. That's why you should go there because the best part is they're going to teach you how to be one of the elite day traders in the country. They have an entire program. They have a track record. They've been in business for well over a decade. Um, and the best part is Ryan and the guys at TridayTrading.com, they're local. They're in Lehigh, which is where their headquarters are. You can go down there. You interact with them. And when you're ready to start day trading for real, Spending money, making trades, making that bread. You're not going to spend your money. You're going to spend TridayTrading.com's money. And if you make money, they're going to split the profit with you. Yeah. You trade their money. That's how confident they are that they can make you one of the best day traders in the world at TridayTrading.com slash Monty. I love it. I am yeah. all in on it. I am a huge fan of the stock market. You guys know we talk about money all the time on this show. It's no obligation. It, maybe it's not for you. I don't know. But talking to everybody at Barbecue Pit Stop on Saturday, there's already a bunch of our listeners who are who have gone through the, the free webinar. It's on their website. Just go to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Yep. Uh, M-O-N-T-Y, Monty, as Tanner told you. Right. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Register for the free webinar. You watch it. Hey, if it's not for you, it's not for you. We totally get that. It's cool. Trust me when I tell you, it's probably for you. You're going to love it. You're going to get addicted like I am, and you're going to make good bread, dude, and that's what really matters. Stop grinding for somebody else. Start grinding for yourself. Make that money at TridayTrading.com slash Monty. I'm really excited to have them on the show. Um, it, it's so interesting when we talk, we talk to our listeners over the weekend because we were at Barbecue Pit Stop, another great partner of ours, Yeah, and people were asking us about, you know, why do you – um, you know, why do you pick the guys you pick or why do you, you know, choose the partners you choose? Because they're all local business owners, man. They're all people who are just like you and me. Like we're all out here trying to yes. grind and make money and support our families. And I'm telling you, it is so much fun to hear, like talking to Ryan and his team at TridayTrading.com, their passion for helping people make money. It's amazing to listen to them. And you talk to a guy like Steve at Barbecue Pit Stop. Steve is the entrepreneur of a lifetime. Like yeah. the guy has so many things going on and he's so successful at it. 
That's what I'm passionate about. So anyway, here, no, there. Check them out. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Would love to know your thoughts about it. M. Morris says, I doubled in day trading. Might be good to get educated on it. I dabble in day trading. You should, M. Morris. I like, think, look, I think the big thing is the, the educational piece is the one that I always hammer home when we talk about Triday because it's cool to be like, hey, yeah, I'd love to day trade and I'd love to make a bunch of money. Like, obviously, all of us want to make a bunch of money, yes. right? And we want that that freedom. Like, we were talking to uh, 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 um, a listener at the event and, and he had a daughter and, like, he want more time with his daughter and like, you know, we all, you know, parents, Neville, 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 Neville yeah. you know, talking to Neville, like, you know, just more time with kids and like, you know, just, just everything that you want in, in life. Yeah. Neville has this beautiful, beautiful baby daughter. Oh yeah. And so we were talking amazing. to Neville and it was like, Hey man, like go check it out at least because again, and, and this is part of the reason we we're so excited to partner with Triday. They're not asking you for some like financial commitment or to sign documents or like any they're not, they're basically saying, "Hey, take no risk, just learn about it a little bit and see if it's for you and if you decide it is for you, then we're going to give you that educational piece, the foundation." Yeah. Tridaytrading.com/monty, but if you look at the the people we do business with, look at our guy at, at um Papa Murphy's Pizza. Yes. You know, like we rolled into Papa Murphy's Pizza on Saturday morning at 10, he had 12 large pizzas ready to go for ready us. Ready to go. Like, that's the thing about like Papa Murphy's. Every one of those stores is owned by a local owner. Like, it, it, and it's amazing when you go to any of those shops, you can talk to the people who own them and you understand that it's their entire life yeah. that you're you're dealing with. So again, when we get to deal with guys like Steve at Barbecue Pit Stop or Jared at, 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 at uh, Papa Murphy's Pizza or Ryan at Triday Trading or... You know, like our Debbie Davis. Debbie Davis at Academy Mortgage. Like all these guys are local Wayman business brothers. owners. Yeah, it's great to see Teddy Wayman out at the out at Barbecue Pit Stop the other day. Yeah. Uh, Cam Harrison says shop and support local. Absolutely. Yeah. Ken uh, Williams says Monty, I think it's great you're dealing with local business people. Absolutely. Uh, Ken says born in Utah, love Utah sports teams. Uh, Lopes fan Gabe, good morning to you, friend. He says the rubs Steve at Barbecue Pit Stop hooked me up with are so good that they triggered a full blown TSA inspection. <laughs> How about that, Gabe oh Ludley? Lopes fan Gabe <laughs> comes out to the event. He flies up from Phoenix, comes right. out to the event. Right. Um, great to see you, Gabe. He he gets all the rubs and spices at Barbecue Pit Stop the other day. Flies home this morning and gets a TSA inspection out of it. <laughs> see, I'm telling you, man. Them rubs and spices is hot. 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 Anyway. All right. Okay. There you go. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty yeah. uh, is where you get the hookup with those guys. 739. Uh, the biggest stories in sports this morning. Obviously, big win for Utah. Um, they only move up one spot in the AP poll, but that's because the top seven was unchanged. Right. Um, it was a pretty good weekend for ranked teams uh, this weekend. Um, I also want to talk about this Pac-12 thing. We, we got to it a little bit last week and on Saturday on football Saturday. Right. This story about the PAC 12 and ESPN being hundreds of millions of dollars apart in TV negotiations, not like, well, how about you give us 30 bucks? No, nah, only 28. No, hundreds of millions of dollars separate ESPN and the PAC 12. Yeah. I just don't see and maybe we start like a daily meter of like confidence. The I don't Pac know. Pac-12 check. I don't, I don't see how they survive. If you're that far apart, that's like, hey, we want half a billion dollars 
And ESPN's like, yeah, we're only going to pay you $300 million. Because mm-hmm. from what we – and I think we, we reported this earlier months ago now, two months ago, ESPN wants to be at $300 million on that period. Yep. And I understand that. You're not worth $50 million a year per team, per school in the Pac-12. You're just not worth that. Yeah. So now you hear that they're hundreds of millions of dollars apart, and I look at, I'm pointing right at you, Utah fan, because I think if you're a Utah fan now, you better hope they get into the Big 12. And I mean, they will. Who are we kidding? The Big 12 is not saying no to Utah. Yeah. But why haven't they said yes yet? What What is the Big 12 waiting for? And you continue to see their new commissioner out making the rounds, talking to people, and you're just wondering, well, why hasn't Oregon joined the Big 10 yet? Yeah. Why hasn't Washington joined the Big 10 yet? Why hasn't Utah joined the Big 12 yet? And I wonder if it is co- the, the expansion of the college football playoff. It makes the, the level of need, it makes that sense of urgency come down. Because now more teams have access, there's more money. Like right. I think it slows expansion a little bit. But I don't see that the Pac-12 has time so if you're, or time to wait. If you're hundreds of millions of dollars apart. Yeah. I there's just no winning here. You're in your TV window now. How are you going to get your members to sign on to a deal that's hundreds of millions of dollars short of mm-hmm. what you thought you were going to get? How is George Klyovkov going to sell that to Stanford or Cal? How is George Klyovkov going to sell that to the Arizonas, to the Utahs, to Colorado who's going through a putrid spell of athletic endeavor right now right like i i just i don't see how the pac-12 makes it i really don't well and in in, in it, it continues the same path of behavior that i feel like we've seen out of george klyovkov and frankly out of the pac-12 for a decade you know like obviously george klyovkov is relatively new to the situation but but the behavior hasn't changed which is hey we're the greatest thing since sliced bread as far as football conferences are concerned and we think we're worth way more than we're actually worth. Like, I don't think anyone in their right mind is paying $500 million for the TV rights. I just don't think that that's a possibility. But so. it does it does bear the question of what Brett Yormark is doing, the commissioner of the Big 12. Like, was it really prudent, smart, to open up their negotiating window early? I don't know. I think that's a really interesting move to make. You have the Pac-12 over a barrel. Mm -hmm. They're desperate. There's a good chance they don't survive. Should you put your foot on the gas and be aggressive, or should you just wait for them to flounder and and fail? The minute Oregon's out, the Pac-12's dead on arrival. Mm -hmm. The minute they leave. And they're on life support now. You're going to pull the plug when Oregon leaves, right? Like, it's over for sure. There's no doubt. Yeah. So what's the right thing to do here? Because if you're the Big 12, you've got your seat at the table. Right, You're not going anywhere. It's not like you're going to lose teams to the Pac-12. I think we all know now, ain't nobody leaving the Big 12 to go to the Pac-12. That makes no financial sense, especially knowing now that the TV deal the Pac-12 is searching for just doesn't exist. Right, It's not a real thing, right? Yeah. So if you're San Diego State, are you really going to sign a five-year grant of rights to the the Pac-12, who then is going to give that to ESPN for $30 million a year? You know. And what does it mean that Craig Thompson, the commissioner of the, the Mountain West, is stepping down in December? Do you, like, do you see how all of this is? We're at this place, like the confluence. Right. We're at the meeting spot. We're at, we're at this weird 
space where these conferences are going to slam into each other. Yeah, where the paths are going to cross and someone's going to get screwed and someone's going to benefit and, and survive. That's how it who works. Who survives and who dies? That's yeah. the biggest question yeah, I mean, for me. look, I think the, the, the thing with San Diego State to me that's really interesting is pre in the preseason, San Diego State had a ton of momentum as far as this conversation is concerned because they were the only and still are the only uh, Southern California team left for college football right now. And I think that that, you know, with losing to Utah and not really having a great season so far, you know, I think that never helps you. So when I look at when I look at the Big 12, I still maintain what you've been saying about just the Big 12 and the Pac-12 merging. To me, that's still very pertinent. That's still relevant. That's still front and center. Because, I think that's what ESPN's trying to do. Well, because and honestly. I think I think ESPN wants that. And frankly, I think the conferences want it because that's more money per school. Ultimately, you're creating you're consolidating and creating a bigger, better conference. So to me, it makes perfect sense. My problem is, and, and what I think is holding everything up, is the pride of the Pac-12 and George Klyovkov and the way those schools feel about themselves. That's the issue. It's always been the issue from Pac-12 media days to 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 the Larry Scott days. Like, yes. that's, it's like the pride has the always Larry been. Larry Scott days. But you, you see what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> private jets and, and ridiculous real estate in San Francisco. Like, it's alive and well in that conference. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, that's what's holding them back. You said the Larry Scott days. Yeah. <laughs> I'm for real. It's like, it, I, honest, it's such a cartoon. Like, you could not write the disaster that yeah. is the Pac-12. And that's, to Even me, if that's the sad to. thing. I love, I love the Pac-12 brands, like the Oregons, the Utahs, like like SC. I, like, I'm not a fan of these programs, but I love watching them play football. And and, and it's a yeah. shame to me that, that the, the conference – is the one suffering here. Because these schools, frankly, once these schools get their new home, they're going to be fine. The schools are going to be fine themselves. It's the conference level that's going to have problems. So it'll just be really, you know, I'm yeah. curious to see when George Klyovkov will take a step back and say, okay, this is, you know, we have to stop being so prideful. Yep, I agree. NY Jazz fan says, uh, the Monty Show is your daily therapy. So, my, so says my wife. So I said better than drinking strippers and drugs. Is it better than drinking strippers okay, and drugs, drinking though? drinking strippers and drugs. Everybody needs a little meth, don't they? Well, um, They don't. I, do, no. I, you, Sometimes I think I just say shit. You know, sample just, comes out of my mouth. <laughs> um, let's move on because that got awkward. Uh, Josh Lovern <laughs> says, Amazon Prime and CBS Sports. Now, here's the interesting yeah, thing. Yeah. I thought Amazon Prime did a, a pretty good job for their first foray into the national... Football League. I thought their Thursday night package on Thursday night, uh, yeah. well, you know, Thursday night um, on a Tuesday, stuff, uh, you know. yeah, was pretty good. I mean, for their first show right out of the gate, sure. Did they have audio problems? Yeah, they did. Their yeah. audio needs to be better. Did they have some people have streaming problems? Bro, upgrade your internet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I thought Amazon handled it really well. I thought their broadcast was solid and. Uh. I, I I felt like the Herb Street Al Michaels combination was a little interesting. But it's game one of Herb Street now. I know, but but Herb Street is a college guy to me. Like he's not an he's NFL an odd guy. dude to begin. First of all, he went to Ohio State. They're not smart. Second of all, I just think he is an nothing. He's a bum. Yeah, thank you. Um, my point is, uh, Herbie's a college guy. I don't disagree with that. But he's a really smart football guy. They'll develop chemistry. It, it, you have to judge them in three months when the season's coming to an end, not like day one. The problem is, for me anyway, 
when I'm used to Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth for like the last gazillion years, getting Al Michaels and Herb Street just felt very jarring. It felt like, who who is this again talking? Like, wh- why is he on the broadcast? You say what now? You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of what it felt like. I agree from a video perspective, like technically speaking, they did a pretty good job. Us being in the industry on some level, like you come to understand that the first time you do something, there's always going to be some wrinkles, some things that you kind of got to smooth out. So that to me wasn't that upsetting. It wasn't bad enough where I just had to like turn it off or something. So to me, they passed in that category. But But are you subscribing to Amazon for NFL? Probably. Are you subscribing to Amazon for Pac-12 football? Mm Mm-hmm. Probably not. Not without U- but, USC, but, and, and it, that's why I say Oregon's a huge tipping point. But, but let's set the record straight. I'm not. I'm not an Amazon Prime member because of the NFL. I watched the NFL on Amazon because I was already a Prime member, which is a big difference. Oh, I think there are people who will subscribe to Amazon Prime and Amazon Video, really Prime Video, simply to get the NFL. You you will. It, it is one of those things where you just. It's not that you don't have a choice. Because you know you don't on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. But why wouldn't you? I mean, it, it the Amazon package makes sense. I don't think it makes sense for the Pac-12. Because the Pac-12 isn't, isn't marketable. There's nothing to hang on to. Right. When USC and UCLA go to the Big Ten, what am I really watching? Oregon. You, but, oh, wait. But are Utah fans like, oh, man, I got to get the Amazon Prime so I can watch Oregon? No. You're you're a you're a in my opinion, Oregon is very much a regional program. Oregon is not, absolutely is not USC. Oregon is not Texas. Oregon's not Oklahoma. Oregon's not I don't that. Know, they, pro, Oregon's not Ohio State. Yeah, I look at it. I I guess I do look at it differently. I think Oregon is those programs. I no think Utah's way. not those programs. I, I don't think Utah is either. But are you really telling me that that? If you're a football fan in Nebraska, that you're like, oh, Oregon's on. Let me flip that game on. Yeah, I think. No. I, yeah, I think you are. I think Come you're on. saying if you're if you're an East Coaster, or if you're someone who's not specifically, if, if you're not a West Coaster, whether you're Midwest, East Coast, wherever you are, right? If you're looking at the Pac-12, Utah is not the first thing you're thinking of. You're thinking of SC, and I think you're thinking of Oregon because UCLA sucks. Stanford. But sucks. is that gonna the, make you subscribe? I don't think it makes you subscribe. I don't think anyone's subscribing to anything unless it involves the SEC, if I'm being honest. Or well, unless look, you're like I, a I think Michigan the SEC, fan. I think the SEC, the problem for, for everybody else is the SEC is on ESPN, ESPN+. Plus. So yeah, like it's, it's the, an ESPN it, property. But bro, my, it's the SEC. Like, but, it's college football. But that's it my is, point. Pac-12 doesn't have that. So when you no. look at the Pac-12, the brand you think of, if you're not a Stanford fan, let's say... If you're an SEC fan, but the Pac-12 happens to be what's know, on, man. you're thinking of Oregon. You're thinking I don't S- think they have SC. a brand. I don't think the Pac-12 has a brand. And this is I'm, this is going to tweak Utah fans. Utah's not a brand. Utah is not somebody that you're paying to watch unless Oregon, you're a Utah dude, fan. Dude, Oregon beat Ohio State last year, and they're still living on that as far as branding is concerned. And I think that Oregon and SC, to me, are national brands. I think you know those two particular. Everybody else is regional to me, but... You know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think this is a really dangerous time for college football in, in certain aspects. I think with Craig Thompson stepping down, the Mountain West is very vulnerable. I think I think that teams, there are teams of value in that conference, clearly. Mm-hmm. If I'm the Big 12, 
I would get aggressive. I would absolutely, I, I would have no problem adding San Diego State, Boise, Utah. I would not, I don't see the where I park company with a lot of people is, I could care less about Colorado. I, I don't value. Yeah, Colorado's a perfect example. Who gives a damn? I, I like, don't value Colorado for football, for basketball, for. For anything. What is Colorado <laughs> athletics known for? Nothing. Like they have not been relevant in decades. And it to me, they're the team that's on the outside looking in. And if, if I am the Big 12, I, and honest to goodness, if I'm Brett Yormark, I'm getting really aggressive. And I am after San Diego State. I am after Boise. I am after Utah. I am after the Arizona schools. Like I'm trying to get Cal and Stanford. Like mm -hmm. I'm trying to put a, a nail in the Pac-12 coffin because I don't want a merger. And if if I am Brett Yormark in the Big 12, I am doing everything that I can do, mm -hmm. everything I can do to take the ball out of ESPN's hands. And I know that's going to be difficult. That's a mighty task, but it can be done. The Monty Show presented by the Advocates, Utah Injury Attorneys. Check them out online at utahadvocates.com. Um, I think this BYU thing, I'm amazed just reading the comments. This BYU thing just keeps rolling. Just keeps rolling. I am, uh, it is remarkable to me how many people are on the fire to Iaki bandwagon. Like I, I just, that's shocking to me. I, I, I am, I'm shocked by it. Mm. Patrick Bourne, good morning to you. He says BYU was Baylor uh, hungover. Probably that was a huge game. It, absolutely. Oregon could be a letdown game for sure. Uh, Quentin Randall says for a first time, it was excellent on prime. I agree. I agree, Quint. I totally agree. MHS says uh, Pac-12 schools openly side texting the big is why they won't work. As soon as the numbers get dropped, I expect there to be movement. We'll see. I, I just don't know how you survive if you're only getting $300 million from ESPN. Mm -hmm. That's a huge problem. Like $30 million per school in the pack is a huge problem because nobody's signing on for that. Are you really, if you're Stanford, are you signing your grant of rights for five years at I mean, you're in that five years, you're gonna make 150 million dollars on your TV deal. When no SEC teams are getting that almost in one year, that doesn't that MHS. I agree that doesn't add up. Ken Williams yeah. says, "I said two weeks ago that Utah uh, needs to get uh, that that Utah needs to make a call for the Pac-12 is dead." Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, all right, football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure uh, you use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25 bucks or 25% off your purchase of 25 bucks or more. Uh, double dip on ESPN for uh, Monday Night Football Let's tonight. Uh, Vikings and Eagles. Okay, now you're all excited about the Vikings. You think the Vikings Tom are good. Allen. Kirk Cousins looks really good in that uniform. I'm for real. Um, that's my guy. Uh, I have always been a, a Kirk Cousins fan all the way back to the late great Napa Mike telling me I'm stupid. Right. Napa Mike literally said, you're stupid. I said, Kirk Cousins can play. Napa Mike said, you're stupid. We're getting somewhere. <laughs> Probably. But Kirk Cousins can play. Yeah. I love the fact that Philly's a two and a half point favorite in this game. It's in Philadelphia, which basically means most people in Vegas think the Vikings are winning. I'm absolutely loving the Vikings in this game. Mm -hmm. I think it's 28-17 Vikes. Mm. 28-17. Decisive. You think? Decisive. Today. Today. That Vikings defense is back, by the way. Yeah. I mean, the, the Vikings are good, man. I just, they, they always seem to let down when the lights are brightest, and that's a Kirk Cousins problem. So that's why I'm curious. Why? 
Why? We were doing so well. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. All we right. were doing so well. Next game. Uh, Bills, Titans, Buffalo, 10-point Bills are going to throttle the Titans, bro. Yeah, cool. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, Bears, Packers. All right, cool. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> probably, probably, probably the most enjoyable game to watch yesterday was the Arizona Cardinals in the Oakland. So you were Las like Vegas excited Raiders. when the Cardinals won this game. When little Kyler ran around and did what little Kyler does, you were excited. I loved that last play by uh -huh. the Arizona Cardinals defense. Finally, that finally felt like a moment for Vance Joseph. Uh -huh. When you get a huge hit that leads to a fumble, uh -huh. that leads to Byron Murphy picking up with one hand. He's got a huge hand. And I'm imagining, good God, he must wear a size 17 shoe. But my point is, Murphy runs that ball back and almost throws it away before he crosses the goal line. <laughs> But that's what that's what that defense should be, and they never are. Now, is Cliff Kingsbury the right coach for that team? He's not. No. Is Kyler Murray a good NFL quarterback? He's not. Can he make plays? Yes. Kyler Murray, after the game, did exactly what stupid quarterbacks do. Yeah, I just had to dominate in the second half. Like he, he said after the game, yeah, I just took over in the second half. You did? Did, did I watch a different game? Was there another really short, too small quarterback playing that I was unaware of was not you? Because, dude, you did not take over that game in the second half. Yeah. If the defense doesn't hit late in that game, and if the defense doesn't make plays in overtime, the fact that you can't manage the clock, little Kyler. Lil. Like, he can't manage the clock. With all due respect. How many delay of games did they almost have? And how many blown timeouts did they have to take? Because he was wandering around being scared because he knows he's too small. And fat defensive linemen are going to crush his skull. That's right, T. Probably too far. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. You get what I'm saying. He's not that guy. No, he's not. He is not that guy. And everyone's going to say, oh, he ran around and made a good throw to A.J. Green, and which wasn't a catch, by the way, even though they, they couldn't overturn it without, you know, they didn't have enough evidence. Like, I just, listen, man, I, Kyler Murray will put highlights on the highlight reel. Yes, he will. Will he win you a Super Bowl? No, Unequivocally, he no, he will not. That's not happening, dude. Neither will Trey Lance in his broken ankle. Dude, um, bro. Here's a question for you. The 49ers dominate the Seattle Sea Chickens. Right. Hawks. Right. Uh, same thing. Uh -huh. uh, anyway, so the Sea Parrots from Seattle. Mm -hmm. I can't think of a smaller. The Sea Cockatoos from The um, Sea Cockatoos. The Sea Blue-Footed Boobies. Um, that's a real bird, Blue-Footed Boobie. That's not like a titty reference. Anyway, okay. the point is, listen, <laughs> what I've been trying to say over here is that uh, Trey Lance broke his ankle yesterday, leaves the game. Jimmy Garoppolo comes in the Italian stallion eating a plate of lasagna under center there, uh, comes in and dominates. The San Francisco 49ers look like, you know, the San Francisco 49ers. What do you know? Tell me Trey Lance's career is not over in San Francisco. All gas, no break. It's over. Yeah. How do you – so he's out for the year, Trey Lance. Mm -hmm. How do you bring this guy back and say to 49er fans, yep, right decision. I know Jimmy Garoppolo. He came in, gave everybody a cannoli. It was great. It was amazing. <laughs> He won us a you know a, a game and Trey Lance came in and he sucked and broke his ankle and Spinal. was probably better on one leg than two, Back but he's broken. our starting quarterback. <laughs> How do you justify this to 49er fans who are already irrational, you know, wine drinking cheese fans? Facts. I'm playing stereotypes.
It's probably out of control and too much. The point is, yeah. I don't see how you ever sell Trey Lance back to that locker room. Dude, you, you have a Super Bowl caliber team with Jimmy G at the helm. And I get it. He's not transformative. He's nothing special. He is a game manager, but he makes the throws. But you, you he puts know, your guys in positions. You know like, what? You know what they're missing? Papa Murphy's Pizza. No one goes all in on made-from-scratch freshness like Papa Murphy's. We go all in on quality. All in on craft. And on the Triple Pep Pizza, we go all in on pepperoni. Because when you go all in, people notice. Go all in with a limited time Triple Pep Pizza. Topped with three types of pepperoni for just $11.99. Papa Murphy's. Change the way you pizza. By the way, really a huge controversy at oh uh, my God. at Barbecue Pit Stop the other day. Papa Murphy's Pizza presents uh, yeah. Football 50, 10 of the hour, every right, hour. Right, okay. uh, right here mm -hmm. on the Monty Show. Use promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase right. of $25 or more. A huge controversy at Barbecue Pit Stop the other day. Right. Uh, BBQPitStop.com. Uh-huh. And, and I, I, I can't, I don't even know what to say about this. <clears throat> I'm talking to our great <laughs> beloved listeners and viewers, having a good time, talking with Raphael podcast on NPR, you know, like PBS. it was amazing. You know, it was awesome. Right. And Jake rolls up to me eating pepperoni pizza. Boo. Scumbag. First of all, didn't have a second choice. Second of all, I hadn't had a damn thing to eat at this event, and I was hungry. Yeah, go on a diet. Yeah. Uh, I actually did not eat a single what? wing or a single slice of pizza. Why? Because, A, I was uh, meeting with my public. My public demanded an so, audience. So you, you can't eat a wing? You can't? You, you know, you can't? I just didn't. I, I don't know. It just didn't happen. It just, like, didn't work out. You can't slurp one up? I could have. Mrs. Monty up. would oh, like boy. to make a contribution. Yes. I even brought you a flat and two wings. Well, he ate the flat drums. like there was no tomorrow. I crushed tomorrow. it. I crushed the flat. Was it delicious? It, it was amazing. Oh, my gosh. Dude, we roll up to barbecue. Amazing. We'll, we'll get back to sports in a second. We roll up to barbecue Let's pit stop. Let's talk food because it's dude, delicious. We roll up to barbecue pit stop. <laughs> the dude from barbecue pit stop, can't remember his name. Sorry, man, but Clinton. love you. Clinton. That's Clinton. Yeah, Clinton. Clinton rolls up and he's like, hey, are, so are you guys cooking the wings or are we cooking the wings? or We already got a turkey going on in back, so do you want us Two. to do it? Turkey they breast. did two turkeys. Yes, I didn't get any of that. Two either. turkey breasts, and honestly, I ate some of it. Was it, it good? It was like so mouthwatering, yeah. delicious. By the way, the guys at Barbecue Pit Stop know how to absolute smoke. savages. Know how to smoke. Like it's 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 yeah, pretty amazing. Fair. Yeah, they know how to smoke. But back to, back to pizza. it was it was an amazing event. Um, the pizza, the wings, like having everybody out there. The crack infused ranch dressing. Which was um, a hit, by the way. Which people loved it. I warned you. I warned you about that ranch dressing. It's so good. It is amazing. But just a you know a really great event. Thank you guys so much. Um, I said it when we announced the winner that it's remarkable how much you guys support the show, and we 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 don't take that for granted. We really don't. So we appreciate that. Uh, this show is presented by the Advocates UtahAdvocates.com. Um, you know what they. they we, we take things for granted talking about local businesses, the advocates, uh, Utah injury attorneys, local business have known Matt Triggs for over a decade. 
Um, him and his guys at, at the Advocates, man, when you're in an accident, you want nobody else in your corner but the Advocates. Um, free consultations. Like all these attorneys that you see advertising and, and they're like, oh yeah, give us uh, 50 grand up front and we'll win this case for you. It doesn't work like that at the Advocates. They know that when you've been in an accident that you're struggling, that you're battling, um, that you are trying to you know, put your life back together. And the last thing you need to be worrying about is medical bills. So the Utah Advocates are going to help you defer your medical bills. They don't ask you for money up front. The consultation's free. There are no retainers. You only pay the Advocates when they win your case so that you can focus on getting healthy and recovering from your accident. Check them out online, utahadvocates.com. Make sure that you use their chat function. It's great. Tell them you heard about it on The Monty Show. It really makes a difference for us. Just the way the advocates make a difference for you, they will fight for you because you deserve an advocate at utahadvocates.com. Um, I think the biggest stories in sports this morning, without doubt, this situation for BYU um, at Oregon, not only did BYU lose the game and they lost badly, uh, they lose to Oregon um, in shocking fashion. Just absolutely got dominated 41 to 20. They were never in the game. From the moment that that game kicked off, Oregon was in control. Bo Nix ran for three scores. Um, and frankly, BYU just did not tackle well. And then the ugly incident with uh, Oregon fans chanting anti-Mormon. Um, I, I, the only word that comes to mind is bigotry because that's mm -hmm. really all I could think of. Um, but just a really tough loss for BYU. Frankly, they get a very soft landing with Wyoming. Um this Saturday night in Provo. And hey, if you're a BYU fan, this is a game you need to go to. They're 21 point home favorites against uh, Wyoming Saturday, 8-15 kick on ESPN2. Uh, you need to be there. You need to be loud. You need to be proud. This is not the game where the corners are empty. This is a game where it's overflowing and it's loud and BYU dominates and everybody has fun. That's what Saturday night needs to be about because this is that game that's super important as you head for Utah State and you head for Arkansas and Notre Dame and now this is where we find out who who BYU is is as a football team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and I think that that bouncing back, like I said, it, it, it's not as simple as just winning the game. I think that if you're BYU, you got to do exactly what Utah did, which is put up a seventy spot, like flex on this team, like show that hey, yeah, we did have a bad week, but we're still here, we're still ready to go, and 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 you know we're 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 in a good place as a program. I, I think the worst thing you could do is struggle early and and not find your rhythm till the second half and only put up like 40 you know and i know that sounds crazy to say hey they you know they beat this team 40 to 10 isn't that enough and it's like well not really not when it's wyoming like you'd like to be like 70 to you know 17 or something you'd like to have that massive spread where you yes. really flex and make a statement so to me that's what needs to happen yeah, I agree. Uh, Jansen, good morning too. He says, Monty, if BYU wins out the rest of the season, do you see BYU being in the college football playoff conversation or maybe even a New York uh, New Year's Six Bowl? I don't think anything's off the table. We've seen that as the season wears on, especially in the Southeast Conference. I mean, the SEC is very difficult. Those guys mm -hmm. are going to run into each other. Um, I think there's no doubt that Texas showed us how, how vulnerable Alabama potentially could be. The issue now is... You have to beat Arkansas and Notre Dame. Yeah, you have to. It's just not. It's just not questionable anymore, especially Notre Dame, who, I mean, is just sputtering. It's incredible. The video of Notre Dame's quarterback coach ripping their quarterback on the phone. Yeah, is incredible. 
and that you needed to defend and damn near lost on a Hail Mary is incredible to me. You need to thoroughly beat Notre Dame. You don't need to just win that game. You need to dominate that game almost, right? And then Arkansas, Arkansas is having a pretty good season. I mean, that's going to be a very difficult game. So uh, Jansen, listen, man, I think that anything is possible, but you got to take care of your business now. Now you're, and and again, this is the Kalani is a nice guy conversation. Mm -hmm. Are you willing to put up 70 on Wyoming? You're a 21 point home favorite. Are you willing to embarrass Wyoming? Because that's what needs to happen. Are you that football team that will come out and embarrass Wyoming? Because you need to do that. You need to make a statement. Hey, here's our 70-point game. We're back. Oregon was a fluke. Here's our 70-point game. Yeah. That's a question. I just don't know why it's so difficult. I don't know why they're – and again, I I don't want this to come off as – Negative against Kalani, but but I do feel like there is this thing at play where Kalani's like, oh yeah, it's it's forty to ten in the in you know with ten to go in the third quarter. Yeah, let's take Jaron out. Let's take the starters out. To me, that just doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, if anything, you need to get Christopher Brooks rolling in this game. Yes. You need to get you yes. need to get like you you need to make sure that 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 Chase Roberts is 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 ready to go and and gets back in that vibe because he had a catch early in this game he had a nice play but didn't really hear a lot from him the rest of the game. Well, he was bracketed. I think that Oregon did a very wise thing. I mean, with the the this whole Puka Nakua thing was really weird. Yeah, was that a smoke screen? Like I I, I don't show him. I don't show necessarily him. It be in there. Yeah, I don't necessarily understand what this whole. Um, Puka Nakua getting off the plane with this grin on his face. I don't know what this was. Yeah. But he gets off the plane with this grin on his face, and you're like, oh, yeah, we're going to we're gonna see Puka Nakua today. He's suiting up. And then he comes out in an air cast on his on his ankle and he doesn't play. Spinal. It it was never more apparent how important Puka Nakua is to this offense than Saturday. At Austin Stadium. Right. Like, they needed that component of this offense. They desperately needed that component. And frankly, I don't know. And again, this is just my opinion. I don't know how you beat Arkansas and Notre Dame if he doesn't play. Yeah. And the injuries now are starting to creep back into the conversation for BYU. And that's a little worrisome. You know, you miss Tyler Batty Saturday. There's no There's no way to spin that. You miss Puka Nakua and Gunnar Romney Saturday. There's no way to spin that. Yeah. You miss Tyler Algier on Saturday, right? Like, unfortunately, he played Sunday and no running back played on Saturday. Mm-hmm. You've got to figure out how to fix the run game here. And I think that's one of the main things we have to ask Harris about on, on Wednesday is when Harris LaChance joins us, thanks to our friends at uh, Papa Murphy's Pizza, we need to figure out how. what can you do? What are the adjustments? What is the film telling BYU about the run game. Yeah. Because I think when when you when you look at the tape on this game, I thought the O-line was fine. It wasn't spectacular by any stretch of the imagination. There were lanes there, and I feel like Christopher Brooks missed some cutback lanes. I yeah. feel like he he didn't hit the hole with with authority. Yeah. And I think that's part of what made Tyler Algier so great. Yes. And Christopher Brooks should be that. He's got the talent it's just not manifesting itself. Yeah, so- BYU misses the punishing running back. There's no question about it. And and I think that Tyler Algier was obviously special, but at the same time, you know, he won't be the last punishing running back to come through this program. And I think 
Yeah, I don't think yeah. I know for a fact that when Brooks showed up, everyone thought, oh, okay, this guy, this guy's coming from a good program. Like this guy's got size and capability and like he can do some things for us. And we feel like, you know, if we can get him going, that that's going to, you know, really help our program. And, and, and it's been kind of, it's it's not kind of, it's been a letdown. It's been a bit disappointing to be heading into week four. And, and, and Brooks still doesn't have, it feels like, as you said last week, his sea legs. It doesn't feel like he is 100% like in this playbook and like, all right, I know where my cutback should be. I know where that gap should form. I, it I just don't feel think he's like, there yet. It doesn't feel like he or they have made the adjustment to his presence in this offense. And again, I think the nice thing was we saw Pini Katoa with those hard yards again against Oregon. But now you need, and, and maybe it's time to play the McChesneys of the world. Maybe it's time to get the younger guys some carries. Yeah. Because with all due respect, I just don't know that Christopher Brooks is that dude. Maybe he's just not that guy. They have played, man, they have played some real physical ball and they they are now in a position where there's no more room for being nice and giving guys chances and like i want to see brooks run somebody over you know like i that's what i want to see out of this guy like he has his hands are awesome like he is great at catching the ball on the swing pass and like in in hitting that in stride and everything but but part of being a back is being able to really get through the offensive line and punish that linebacking. Yeah. Court. And that's exactly what didn't happen against Oregon. And that's why I say their Oregon speed was always going to be a problem for BYU. But I felt like if you could punish them in the first half and really pound the rock and be like second and four, most of the, most of the first half and get that and then be like third and one, you were going to be in a really good spot, but that just, it just didn't happen. And and I don't know. My fear is, is I don't know what the problem is. Cause I agree. It's not like the offensive line played bad. They had a nice game. Brooks just isn't firing on all cylinders right now. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I just don't know where you go, where you go here with the running game, because the thing that, that scares you is, it, the more Jaron runs, the greater the opportunity for him to get injured is. And, yes. and it's just something that he's been very wise about the way that he's run the football. But, you know, maybe you give Miles Davis some carries. Maybe, you know, maybe you, you know, maybe you, you try some two back sets. Maybe you try some running out of the shotgun. Maybe you, I don't know. I Like the, the, the set that they miss is the jet sweep. Like yeah. that, that's the play because you have to find a way to loosen up that front seven. And it's something that BYU is going to have to figure out. And and you've got to get Puka Nakua healthy. And now the big question is, do you play him against Wyoming? And I say, no, you don't. Why Why risk that? I don't think you play him against Wyoming. I I, I don't know. Maybe he, I, if you're traveling a guy, he's got to be close to playing. Yeah. He's got to be close to playing, right? So maybe you just don't play him. I, I He's got to be, Puka Nakua has got to play at a high level against Arkansas and Notre Dame. Yeah. And you just, I don't think you risk it against Wyoming. I do, you should be able to handle, and listen, I know that Wyoming is, is Wyoming's a good football team. Donnie, please. We'll see. Jansen also says, uh, I have my BYU season tickets, so I'll be there. Nice, nice. The big Mugamba. Mugamba. Very tough loss. That being said, 19 with nine weeks to go, not a bad position to be in. NY6 is still possible. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, Hellabilly says, uh, Jansen, I would love that. If we had a choice, I'd rather join the big 10 because that brings more money to the school. 
but the Big Ten doesn't seem interested in Utah. No, I think you're I think you're in the Big Twelve. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't Which to me makes perfect sense being that, that BYU is already there and the Holy War and like it just it just makes sense to me. Yeah. I yeah. You, the Big 12 is the perfect fit. Yeah. The perfect fit. Yeah. Uh, Robert says, was the defense the problem or injuries starting to take hold? Well, I, I don't think there's any doubt that the answer is yes. To both. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like... The defense was a problem. Lack of discipline. Last, lack of assignment. You know, sound assignment football. And I think that Tyler Batty was a huge loss for this team on defense. Just strictly speaking, defense. Uh, M. Morris says, Wyoming's no cupcake. They beat Air Force pretty good. Well, it's Air Force, though. If, and again, this goes back to our conversation about who are you? Yes. Are you one of the top teams in the country? BYU is. I think they are. Are you going to come out and play like that against Wyoming? I think you should. I hope you do. For sure. Provo Cougar fan. Who was uh, that team that showed up in Oregon? Rush three did nothing to stop the run or pass. Ignore the bigots. Don't give them the press. Enjoy the tumbleweed bowl in nowhere. Wow. But but that's BYU's reality if they don't get this going. I mean, uh, and, and that's the tough part about independence. I think that, you know, when you... Because, again, we have to be cognizant of the fact that the conversation has shifted. It has improved. Like, what was it, five years ago, we were talking about whether BYU would have six wins and even be bowl eligible. Now we're talking about New Year's Six Bowls and potential college football playoff, you know, opportunities or chances. And so the program's moving in the right direction, but, but it just... I guess to me, it I would have felt okay if the offense had come out and laid an egg, and that's why you struggled, but yes. the defense kept you in it. But being that the defense struggled so much and just like literally couldn't stop anything, that's what was really surprising because you know that you're better than that. And 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 I have concerns about you know the rush three, drop eight crap that we always talk about. But this was a lot more than that. This was bad fundamentals in the tackling. This was not knowing your assignment real well. Like I, there was Tuiaki has a lot to fix. There's no doubt about it. But I'm not going to sit here and say that dude should be fired because because his players didn't execute. I I firmly believe that Tuiaki's doing a great job because they showed out against Baylor. You just didn't show up against Oregon. Yeah, and and obviously there's a lot of people asking about the uh, the chanting thing. I think the biggest thing is this TC Manomaliuna. Uh, story. TC is a quarterback from Salem, Oregon, who also is Polynesian and he's LDS. And he was at the game on Saturday, Oregon BYU. And he and his father heard those chants. They left. Yeah. And uh, and it appears that TC Manomaliuna will not be going to Oregon. It's really despicable. And it is really, it's interesting. Um, it's really interesting to see. Um, that he retweeted, T.C. Manomaliuna retweeted a media member who quoted him as saying, we left at halftime, my dad said, let's get out of here. A Polynesian member of the Church of uh, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who, uh, who has a football scholarship offer from the Oregon Ducks. Yeah, dude. That's a big story. Yeah. So, because T.C. Manomaliuna has a lot of, has a, a, I'm going to say a lot of offers. I, I look less. And maybe this is remember, maybe but. this is poetic justice, right? Like maybe this is the proper thing that needed to happen because they were chanting those things. But but again, I, I it, there's nothing official from the school, and that's what I have an issue with. No, they just apologized. Yeah, they released a statement saying we're sorry. He's TC Manomaliuna has offers from Florida State, Louisville, Miami, and Oregon, 
and he is on BYU's BYU is on his list. Yeah. And yeah, now he left and it looks like he will not be going to Oregon to play football. I mean, that's that's a pretty big statement. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Obviously, the Mano Maliuna name is big in, in football, Brandon and others. Yes. Um, that's going to be interesting. Uh, let's see. Did you notice the BYU fake allegations was on every news channel, but Oregon bigotry was ignored? Not totally ignored. It wasn't on TV. It was online. But again, I think this is... This is a hypocrisy when you're – this is this is Notre Dame. This is BYU. Listen, let's not sugarcoat it. When you're a religious institution and, and there are rumors of you dropping N-bombs at a volleyball game, that's going to get picked up a little bit more than some, some college kids at Oregon saying some stuff against a religion. Because it's I just, think when it has to do with race in this country, yeah. race is such a hot-button issue. But yes. I'm, I'm here to break the news to you. There is no difference between dropping an N-bomb – and saying something like F the Mormons. Agreed. There's no difference. That is hate. That is that is bigotry. That is, in my opinion, hate speech. And I don't I don't view them as two totally different things. There was this argument on Twitter last night about how there's no comparison. Au contraire. There is absolutely a comparison. Race and religion are protected classes in this country. Yet it's not criminal to speak hatefully and violently against race or religion in this country. Facts. That's a problem. Yeah. So it, this is not. So how protected are those classes? Not very, in my opinion. We have a problem with race in this country. We have a problem with 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 bigotry against Asians, with bigotry against, um, you know, the LGBTQ community. How about we just start saying we have a problem with people that disagree with us or yeah, view life differently? Yeah. Well, no, no. What it is is we have a problem with bigotry and, and hate in this country. We a absolutely we do. And I think when you're BYU and people are are throwing out F the Mormon chance at Oregon, okay, well, we're sorry. Okay, let's move on now. All right, you know. go Ducks. That's who we are. Yeah. Now, when there's no evidence, in my humble opinion is it never happened. I don't believe anybody dropped an N-bomb on that Duke volleyball player. Oh, that's a huge story. And when BYU does what, by all accounts, was a thorough, exhaustive investigation – and say they found nothing, the answer isn't, well, you know, maybe we should retract our allegations. It's all, well, what did you think they were going to say? And we're going to cancel a bunch of stuff too, by the way, like, just so you know. It, it, it Race is such a powder keg in this country. Of course it's going to get more coverage. Of course it's going to get more coverage. That's the only way that it could be. Uh, Rand says, not beating Arkansas, maybe Notre Dame. Could be. Uh, Matt Ryson, uh, Ritson, excuse me, says, how about Arizona State firing their coach Losing to Eastern Michigan. Dude. How did you lose to Michigan direction? No idea. Arizona State's a dumpster fire. Yes. They truly are. They're absolutely a dumpster fire. As is the perceptions and realities of the mortgage industry here in the great state of Utah. And if you are thinking about getting a mortgage, if you have thought about getting a mortgage, if you wonder if you can, uh, you know, Qualify for a mortgage? There's only one way to find out, and that's by calling our good friend Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage, 801-543-9666, 801-543-9666, NMLS number 278545. I can only tell you in my own experience because Devery has written three mortgages for me um, that it's been a great experience. Devery Davis is a guy that you deal with directly, and we always talk about small business and doing business with local business here on the Monty Show. Devery Davis is in Ogden. He's not in some huge call center here, not just some number. 
you're a human being and you're somebody that's about to make a life-changing decision, build a relationship with a guy like Devery Davis because he's going to help you in a number of ways. Maybe you, you can't afford to be liquid enough to have cash for a down payment. Devery Davis has down payment assistance for you. Did you know that there are programs out there where it costs you $0 down to buy a home? That's right. You don't have to go into your pocket for a penny. That's why you call Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage, 801-543-9666, NMLS number 278-545. Devery Davis with the Davis Lending Team, powered by Academy Mortgage. All right, first-time homebuyers, listen up. This one's for you. There's a huge misconception on how much it takes to buy a house. Is it 20%, is it 10%, is it 15%? The answer will surprise you. There's four mortgages in the United States. Two of them require no down payment, two require very minimal down payment. Out of that down payment, um, there's lots of places to get it from. There's state funds, county funds, city funds, lots of ways to buy a house, no money down. When I was 18, I got out of high school, I actually bought a brand new house, no money down, never regretted it if you have questions give me a shout glad to walk you through it have a great one Dever davis academy mortgage 801-543-9666 nmls number 278-545 Dever davis and the davis lending team are equal housing lenders tell them by the way you heard it on the monty show thank him for supporting the show 801-543-9666 uh all right interesting comment let me find it real quick because I think this is very indicative. Jansen said, the amount of times I've been called a Mormon for being a BYU fan when I'm not even Mormon, my parents are Mormon and I grew up a BYU fan. And see, this is interesting. Do you know what it's like these days? Yeah, do you know what it's like being a BYU fan? As a Notre Dame fan, trust me, I can tell you everybody thinks we're Catholic. That's every day. It's okay to be a BYU fan and not be Mormon. Yeah. I believe that's allowed. You right? It's ridiculous how many people are like, "Oh, those damn Mormons." Well, and it's and, and to me, it's crazy that that's their first go to. It's like that's that's oh, what they go to. You know, yes. it's not like hey, like you know, an average, it just like a, a a regular acceptable sports taunting thing that you know you would hear at any game. It's it. We got to go straight to the 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 hot topic the hot button which is race or religion you yes. know and, and that and that to me that's why i just think it's the the i i'm not going to sit here and blame byu fans for being upset about the double standard because i think it's alive and well i think it it's very present i think i think it's egregious I, I like it's just what you deal with as a byu fan and i think there's no greater example of the the you know just how silly people are about this than assuming that someone is of the LDS faith because they're a BYU fan. That's what's insane to me. Like, like I don't assume that, you know, you're a Tom Brady fan because you like the Bucks. let's say. Like, we don't assume that in other ways in sports the way we do with religion and BYU. And, I, and I, listen, I think if you know anything, and I'm not Mormon, by the way. I've never been Mormon. I'm yeah. not a member of the church. Um, but what's the first thing that people say to you? Oh, magic underpants and caffeine and... It, it, it's ridiculous. The judgment is very real. And I agree with who said that. There was another comment about if this was if this was uh, a Muslim thing, YouTube Rex said if they were yelling that same thing about Muslims, there would be mass outrage. Yeah. Absolutely they would. Absolutely. This would be a huge story. Don Davis, or excuse me, Dan Davis says 54,000 treated you well and you're complaining about 50 or 100 idiots who were yelling F the Mormons. 
Yes, I'm complaining about 50 to 100 idiots yelling F the Mormons because nobody dropped an N-bomb at BYU. At least there's no evidence yeah. that anybody dropped an N-bomb at, at BYU and it was the end of the world. And here we have 50 to 100 idiots on videotape screaming F the Mormons and that's just supposed to be no big deal. Ah, we'll let it slide. <laughs> just some kids out having fun. It's truly incredible. I mean, it really, to me, is incredible. About? Like, I feel like the the this whole concept around both of these are protected classes and in only the race card really hits differently. You know what I mean? Like it only the only when it comes Man. to the race card, is it a big deal? That to me says a lot because I think we're 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 OK judging, you know, judging you know, the LDS faith because we think, you know, because our friends do it or because like we're okay doing that because, you know, it's comfortable around that group of people. But that 50 to 100 people turns into a thousand people real quick. And that's the problem. And that's why it's disappointing that Oregon has done nothing about it. And you have the governor of the state saying thoughts and prayers and we apologize and we're miss we're we're the most inclusive state ever like that. To me, You're that's not. just not good enough anymore. You're not. Dan Davis also says y'all. Y'all. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. traveled great to Autzen. You also got to learn that Eugene is pound for pound one of the hardest, loudest play. What? So wait, what is this? Let, let me just get this right because let me get my pen and paper so you can edu educate me. We all need to learn. Fuck off. Like, what do you mean we all need to learn? See, like, that's the attitude that drives me crazy. Oh, please, great Oregon fan, roll in and tell us something that everybody already knows. Why don't you illuminate me? Yeah, thank God you're here, because holy cow, what what would I do without you telling me that Autzen's really loud? That, anyway, okay, I feel better. Good, good. I feel good. Better. Like, that, that sentiment right there, y'all need to learn. Oh, well, please, educate me. You know. I just, I don't know. Yeah, Autzen's loud. Well, I think she, we should, she, my wife said I shouldn't be cursing, no. but it's fine. No, oh, okay, wait, but I'm sorry. Here, let no, me turn your I'm saying that on. it doesn't matter if you're loud. <laughs> you know, one of the loudest places for football is in Seattle. That doesn't mean that they can yell obscenities or chant against a protected class. Hate speech. It's not okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's the thing. You can be loud. Be loud all you like. Yeah. But you can't be loud against someone's belief that whether you believe it or not, yeah, it's just not okay. Yeah. yeah. And now, and, and look, Dan, Dan, with all due respect, I think you're new here, which is fine. Uh, Dan says, how many of y'all were actually there at the game? I was there, never heard the chant. Okay, so then it must not have happened and it's probably no big deal. The chant's on video and you probably lost a, a highly touted quarterback prospect to it. It was it was heard. And by the way, I would remind you to check the attendance rolls because BYU traveled huge to that game. Yeah. Huge to that game. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, Oregon might have lost a big LDS recruit because of it. May have. Yeah. Exactly right. MY Jazz fan says, hope many people were, uh, how many people were at the BYU-Duke game? No one heard it. There's uh, other than one person. And BYU's looked at thousands of hours of tape. 
nobody can find anybody dropping. But we were all so sure. Everyone was so sure that it happened. You know, makes me crazy, man. Uh, Provo Cougar fan says, would you like to be uh, the stadium staff trying to stop a bunch of drunk fans chanting F-bombs at the Mormons? Yeah, probably not. But but here's the thing. Here's the thing with that. Yeah, nobody wants to be in that position. But that's not the conversation we're really having, if you really think about it. That's not what we're talking about. I, I, I don't expect stadium staff to be able to stop 50 to 100 people. But what I do expect is the university to do something about it other than send a tweet out. The governor, if you are going to tweet about it, now I expect you to do something about it because you got involved. Like all the people who get involved, you need to do something does, about it. Does or don't it talk. Not, does it not resonate with Oregon fans that this is like hate speech? This is not like some joke. This is not, oh, well, the drunk kids down there at Omega Theta Thai clan, uh, you know, like, you know, they were just having fun. Uh, I've always you know. uh, stood on my innocence. You know, we, we, we. <laughs> The university took action. We're not allowing them to have beer on, on their in their fraternity house, you know. And they said they were sorry. I mean, yeah, how about that? The Oregon student section's like, hey, we're sorry. <laughs> well, thank God. The Oregon student section issued an apology. Oh, well. Whew. It all just goes away. It's all done now. No, it's not. No, it's not. Oh, the Dan Davis tweets continue or comments continue. Five ten thousand went to Eugene and had a great time watching your team play, but your focus is on this instead of how to get better. Seems like a deflection from the results on the field. Well, A, I'm not a BYU fan. B, uh, we've talked for like over an hour about the result on the field. And C, it's hate speech. It's not some little thing like, oh, even if it was just F BYU, nobody would have said a thing about that. Well, because there's nothing to say. That's just college kids being college kids. Yeah. When it turns into F the protected class, F the Mormons, well, now we it's a, now it's a different thing. We have now issues. it's now it's hate speech. And by the way, it ain't like the state of Oregon's the most inclusive state in the world. Might want to, you know, as no. your as your as your governor so you know eloquently pointed out. Yeah. Per capita, who's got more militias than Oregon? Come on, man. Right. Like it's not the most inclusive state in the world. So, so I'm saying, please this, this stop really, selling me like, your bill of goods. Like, I'm not trying to make it personal. We're not trying to make it personal per se, but it really gets tiring when you're trying to sit here and defend what happened, or, or then you're going to try and say that we didn't talk about what's on the field and try to insinuate that we're fans. We're not fans of BYU, man. Like, you need to understand, we're not LDS. We didn't grow up in Utah. Like, we're that's not what this show is about. And, and, I, and I know you're new here, so the y'all need to learn thing, you might want to take that to heart for yourself because we're not going to just sit here and, like, let all this fly. Can we not just agree that this is horrendous behavior? Yeah. Like, that, why is that it so is hard wrong to say, on like, every this level. is wrong? Why is that hard to say? It's wrong on every level. And it wasn't just, oh, five, ten kids. That's not what this was. This was a lot. Your recruit on the sideline. Oh, Autzen Stadium is so loud. I can't believe it. Y'all need to learn yourselves some things about noise control. Come on. Wait, so let me get this right. It was just a couple of kids up in the upper nether regions of Autzen Stadium. Mm -hmm. So Autzen's so loud with football fans that the recruit on the sideline with his dad heard the anti-Mormon chant. But wait, I thought it was so loud with football fans. It was just a couple of kids having a good time. No, I guess not. Well, I'm going to guess since Autzen is just so loud as you have just imparted on me because you're educating y'all and I'm part of y'all and thank God you're just so smart and knowledgeable. Well, what happened to all the other fans then? Were they just not so loud? And so the hate speech raining down from just a couple of kids got Um, through? I'm going to say it wasn't just a couple of kids. It was an entire section and it was loud. Yeah. 
and the recruit on the sideline heard it. It was loud and it was intentional. They wanted you to hear it. Oh, now Dan Davis says he only saw the video. It looked like 50 or 100 students. Okay, then. Okay, then. So you just saw a video of it. Didn't didn't he just say he was at the game? Yeah, whatever. It's fine. Uh, Maroney Maronacomer says, uh, TBH, it's because uh, Mormons are perceived as white. Like they could also chant if F the Episcopals and no the one would Episcopals? care. It's just okay in our society to discriminate against white people. That's a different show. That's a different show. You know. Um, LOL, King Kong Monty, LOL, you know. It is what it is. I get fired up over this stuff. I do. And the reason I get fired up over it is because I just think we want to attack people who are not like us. And we think it's okay. And it's not. And it's not freedom of speech. This is not freedom of speech. It's a crime. And it should be treated as such. Mm -hmm. It is hate speech. It is a protected class. No different, in my opinion, than race, creed, color, sexual orientation. Your religious belief is a protected class in this country. You are free to practice whatever religion you want without fear of reprisal. And when you have a when you have a group of Oregon fans chanting "F the Mormons," you're not you're not in you know you're not living your life freely yeah. as a Mormon. Yeah, it's wrong. And you need as a, as an Oregon fan. Here's the other thing that I think is so remarkable. As an Oregon fan, this should be offensive to you. Yeah. It's to a bad you. look, dude. Do you understand it when when this Duke volleyball thing happened? Look at all of the BYU fans that were upset that it had happened. And immediately said, yeah, they banned the kid who did it. And now that it turns around that it likely never did happen, likely never happened. Like it's just it's so ridiculous. Yeah. It, it, it that's that's what I can't get away from. Yeah. By the way, by the way, I should say, I do think this Arizona State, because I've seen two, three people ask about the Arizona State thing. Yeah. Kalani Sataki is not leaving BYU to go to Arizona State. <laughs> Pete Thamel from ESPN, and, and it's ever like Nebraska, the same thing. How oh, is it Nebraska that BYU is so Scott misunderstood, Frost. dude? Nebraska fired Scott Frost. Um, Trev Alberts is calling Kalani Sataki. They're finalizing a deal. No, they're not. Kalani Sataki, by all accounts, is an honorable man. He's a good dude. Is he a liar? That's what I'm asking you right now. Is Kalani Sataki a liar? I'm going to say he's not. So when he says this is his dream job, I'm going to I'm going to guess he's not leaving his dream job to hop into the dumpster that is already like the towering inferno yeah. of like horse manure and whatever kind of feces you want to throw in there that's on fire. You know. Cuz not only is it Herm Edwards NCAA sanctions and investigations, the entire football staff essentially quit. Even All of your conversation gets difficult. All of your football players transferred. Yeah. You're in a horrible place as a football program. So there's some dung that's on fire. Now let's talk about the Pac-12. Yes, I'm going to leave the Big 12 at BYU, where it's my dream job to go to a Pac-12 school. Seems like a reasonable choice. <laughs> He's not going to Arizona State, Pete. What are you, must? He's not going. Oh, yeah. Well, Kalani's off to Lincoln, Nebraska. Hell no. 
Are you you really think he's going to go husk some corn? At who wants the Nebraska job? Your mom doesn't want the Nebraska job. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, I'm, I'm I as you this. know, I agree with the Nebraska thing. I I think it's a joke, dude. I I I don't know. Why. I don't know how BYU is so misunderstood. I don't know why BYU gets hated on so much. I don't know why everyone thinks Kalani wants to leave. I don't know why, man. But I'm just telling you, it just continues to 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 get pushed. And I think it's funny that everyone wants to say F the Mormons and BYU is 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 a white school only, and like they want to make all these ridiculous. Hey, b- by remarks. the way, I don't I don't know if you know this, but Kalani's um, he's got brown skin. Just right, just, like just throwing it out there, man. We're gonna you know. say all this terrible stuff about BYU. The next thing uh, I know, Oregon's probably calling Kalani again to try to hire him. Nebraska's trying to get him. Like, this is my point. The double standard is crazy. Nebraska wanted to interview Urban Meyer, and he said no. (laughs) Well, guess we'll have to settle for Kalani Sataki. My fucking ass. Damn Mormons. Come on, dude. What? Come on, man. Anyway, I digress. Kalani's not going to Arizona State. I will bet my left nut. Oh. Okay, I probably won't because stranger <laughs> things have happened. I retract that statement. See, uh, I'd like to apologize as though I'm an Oregon administrator. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> 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 okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. Lopes fan Gabe says, any response to a situation at Oregon other than this is disgusting behavior and we have to do be better as human beings is moving us backwards as a society. Correct. Correct. Boyd Lake says, ASU needs to hire Bronco. He'd whip them into shape. Somebody, um, somebody, I want to say it was Fox the other day said that Bronco Mendenhall is one of the candidates at Nebraska. Mm -hmm. I think Bronco would be a huge hire for Nebraska. He is exactly the right. Oh, but he's Mormon. They don't want him. Nah, you can't have him. Nah, it's not going to work. Football's fifth. You know, Uh, he'd be a huge hire at Nebraska, I think. Uh, Let's see. Booger eaters will be lucky to hire a G5 coach. No P5 coach is going to Nebraska. Okay. Who the f*** is that guy? I read that as booger eaters. I believe it's bug eaters. <laughs> okay. Mosquitoes. Skeeters, please. Uh, Robert says, I've never thought Sataki wanted to leave. He loves BYU. Totally agree. Uh, the only person that wants the Nebraska job is the Nebraska fan who sits in their basement and drinks Natty Light beer. <laughs> 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 okay, look, Jansen. Bro, you said Natty Jansen, Light. You're a legend already. Natty Light. That's cute. I remember when I had my first beer. He just dropped what Zima didn't come to mind. <laughs> he just dropped a Natty Light bomb. That's amazing. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> That's amazing. Provo Cougar fan says after the Latter Day Saints is just hard to chant. Yes, it is. That's not right. It right. It doesn't quite roll off the tongue, right? Right. Get out of here. Anyway, Jansen says, uh, Provo Cougar fan, F the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, Okay, everybody. One, two, two, three. three. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't think that's going to work, man. Uh, Fat Jesus says, ASU is going after Dennis Green or Rex Ryan. Dennis, he's dead. He's dead, Fat Jesus. He'd be a better coach than Herm, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kay Nuren says, this is why the pack didn't take, but this is why. Uh, the pack didn't take BYU. Well, why didn't they? 
I think if the Pac-12 could go back and, and revisionist history it, they would take BYU. You think? Are you kidding me? No, they don't need the ESPN relationship, do they? Is Nebraska a good job? Honest to goodness. It's okay. There's no getting away from the fact that you're in a cornfield, dude. You're in Nebraska. There's no getting away from that. Like, you're not in the SEC. You're not in, you know, California in a garbage conference, right? Like, at least in, in the Pac-12, you're in some good geography. In Nebraska, like, you, you have to win a lot just to get noticed. So, I don't know. Is it a good job? Sure. Is it a great job? No. I, Nebraska or Arizona State? Well, you got to take Nebraska. They're in the Big Ten. I mean, the money's better, right? Path to the college football playoff is shorter at ASU. It's shorter at ASU. It's more efficient. Win the conference. It, win a bowl game. I mean, I guess. Yeah, I mean. It, but see, I don't view the Big Ten as a great conference. Well, I when the SC is in the conference. And then Oregon's going to get added. Okay. I, I, I don't know, man. I think the brand, man, you could not pay me to take the Arizona State job. Yeah. I, one, it's hot. I don't know if you, it's a dry heat though, man. It's a dry it's heat, kind of like the oven. Throw some talc down there and we'll be fine. Till one of us passes the fuck out. I don't know. Um, What do you make of, can you recover from ASU? Okay, so if you're ASU, you're not USC. So I, I I don't see how you recover from that. Like all of this stuff with Herm, the scandal, the coaches leaving, you the players leaving. You need faces. You have to change. You have to completely, you have to like completely move on from this time at ASU. That's how you start to recover. You have to get, I don't, I don't believe it's just the head coach. Like you need a, a 100% new staff, like including but, a new head coach. Like, But, and, and Talk to this. Is Arizona State a sleeping giant? Because that's there were people yesterday, Kenzano up in Seattle was writing that Arizona State's a great job and a sleeping giant. Do you agree with that? No, I mean, I, I don't think that Arizona State is necessarily a a, a sleeping giant. I, I mean, I think, you know, a sleeping giant is, is defined as a, a program that should win more than they have and needs X, Y, and Z to get to, you know, relevancy, to get to, you know, the college football playoff or New Year's Six Bowls or like anything that would be considered success in college football. I think the problem with Arizona State, and really I lump Arizona into this too, like with the Sean Miller scandal and everything that happened when DeAndre Ayton was there. Like the problem is, is there's just a lot of corruption and shady stuff that goes down in, in the state of Arizona. I live there. I know. I saw it firsthand. Like we covered some of it. There's a lot of shady stuff that happens in that state. And I think that these two programs in particular, I don't think either of them are sleeping giants. I think it's, I'm not sure where Kanzano is getting the logic that ASU is somehow, you know, one player or one person away from doing a bunch of winning. But to me, they're a long way away from winning. You're, 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 I mean, you're a new staff, new players, like, you need a whole bunch of new stuff. And that's why I say, yeah. look at BYU and how long it took them, like specifically Kalani and this staff, to turn that program around to where it is now. I mean, it's taken five, six, seven seasons to do it. So that's why I say, I don't think they're a sleeping giant. I just don't know how you logically, you know, categorize them as that. I it just To me, it's just not accurate on any level. 
No, I, I think there is no doubt Nebraska is a better job. I think Nebraska is more attractive. The money's better. The recruiting's better. Like I, The conference is better. I think you're five years away, but I agree with you 100%. Let's be very honest. Arizona State is not a sleeping giant. Arizona State has not been re- relevant in football for five years. A long time. I mean, well, I think Todd Graham's last two years and then the last four years with Herm. Okay. Seven, you're like eight six, years. seven, eight yeah. years. Okay. Sure. I mean, yeah. you're not a sleeping giant. That's a ridiculous statement, in, in my opinion. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I could be wrong. Uh, Fat Jesus says ASU is a great job because they don't have a lot of them darn Mormons. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> Fat Jesus now. Um, that's interesting, though. I, I don't know. Yeah, exactly right. Tanner Plummer says, where's Bo Pelini now? Yeah. Oh, my God. The heat of Bo Pelini. Um, Nebraska needs recruiting ties to Texas again. They they need to find a coach that knows high schools, and they need to schedule a Texas school every year in non-conference. I'm telling you, Bronco Mendenhall is that dude. I mean, Bronco Mendenhall is that guy. And if he is if if he is indeed the guy that gets hired to, to be the next head coach at – uh, Nebraska, I think that would be a phenomenal, phenomenal hire. I, I just, yeah, there's I reliability. I, I mean, I, absolutely. There's reliability in that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, talking national football league in two minutes on football at 50, a couple of more comments. Uh, Tanner Plummer says they'll probably talk about NFL tomorrow. James Knight. Dude, we've talked about NFL like three times a day. Yeah, I agree. Boyd Lake says Nebraska is a good job. Now it wasn't before Scott Frost, dude. Scott Frost, is there, has there been a, a bigger failure than Scott Frost in recent And memory? he will every single time. I don't think there has been. I, I really don't think there has been, you know. Um, Mike Pressler says, ASU has better recruiting grounds in SoCal without SC. Well, I mean, SC certainly is still there. Yeah. I don't know how you're getting away <laughs> from recruiting against SC in Los Angeles. SC's recruiting grounds got better. They're yeah. in the Big Ten now. Good luck Man, with that. It's you know? more attractive than it was. So, the, and this is something, I, I know that this sounds, it sounds kind of silly when you say it out loud, but I think when we talk about SC going to the Big Ten, in our minds, naturally, our brain is like, oh, okay, so they picked up the school, and now they're, like, moving to the Midwest, so California doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's, like, I, the natural instinct of it, and it's just that's not very how true. it works. That's like, very true, yeah. SC didn't physically go anywhere. They're just playing different hey, teams now. SC's still in South Central Los Angeles, you know, man. They're like, still sitting there. <laughs> so that's why I say the recruiting <laughs> thing doesn't change. It gets worse for the pack, which, no, which again, that's nobody's amazing. talking about. I have never thought about the the visual of that. Like when you say, hey, SC went, <laughs> went to the Big Ten. So I think literally the first reaction, in at least in my brain, I always catch myself, is like, oh, okay, so... SC's gone from California. No, they're not. They're, a lot of people there. I think a lot of people view it that way. And, and Mike Pressler, you're not wrong. Yeah, I'm not criticizing you, Mike, at all. I'm saying for me, I always have to like kind of explain that to myself. Like, hey, remember, they just they basically just did some paperwork, and now they're playing different teams. <laughs> That's essentially what happened. That's awesome that you said that. Football 50 presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Uh, make sure you download the Papa Murphy's app. Their pizza is amazing. Um, you absolutely positively got to try it. I mean, it, the take and bake game is way different these days. Yeah. Like, I cannot tell you how much in my house anyway. We look forward to Friday nights. Generally at 10 a.m., we put in an order for Papa Murphy's Pizza and the Papa Murphy's app. 
We put that order in at 10 a.m., tell them we want to pick it up at 5. We walk in the front door, boom, it's sitting on the... Where's the, the Italian? Yeah, it's sitting on the rack. You pick it up, you take it home, you drop it on the Traeger, and it's done in 20 minutes. Boom. It's amazing. And then if you're really on top of your game, the S'mores or the chocolate chip cookie dough... Thank you. Because they also do desserts. I'm a chocolate chip cookie dough guy. Yep. But their S'mores are great as well. But uh, bring the chocolate chip cookie dough home, put it on the Traeger with the pizza, boom, done. It's amazing. Papa Murphy's Pizza, use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. All right, let's talk the National Football League. But what was the number one game of the day for you? Oh, the yesterday? Tom Brady game all day. Bucks, really? Bucks, Bucks Saints was incredible. Not even not even because of the score or Oh, the anything. fight was the best the, part the of that The fight game. was the best thing. I mean, you you literally have Mike Evans saying to an official, it's Tom Brady, what do you want me to do? And that, that couldn't have resonated with me at, anymore. Like, I was like, you're exactly right. It is Tom Brady. You don't have a choice. You're going to go and drop whoever it is, Blattimore or otherwise, you are going to go in on whoever that is. And I just loved it. And, and and when I was watching it go down, I was like, man, this is what a good leader can do to a football team. Because, again, you have defensive backs. can't remember the guy's name, but dude, uh, defender on the Bucks was speaking on the fact that, you know, they expected Jameis Winston to turn the football over. Yes. And, and they know that, hey, we have Tom Brady, so we're going to be in a great spot. It just was incredible. Like, it hit me like, man, when you play for Tom Brady, you are – there's just this next level. You, it, It's crazy to say in such a team sport that one individual can turn the tide of your football team because it's not like it's just his play on the field. It's the locker room. It's the yes. belief. It's Mike Evans willing to go and get ejected to defend his guy. And he, by the way, the guy you were talking about was Devin White who said, we, Devin White, Devin White yes. said, we know Jameis Winston because Jameis used to be on the Bucks. We know Jameis Winston. We knew he was going to give us the ball a he couple of times. He threw 30 picks the last year with us. And Devin White said, yeah, he threw 30 touchdowns, but he threw 30 interceptions with us. But what happened was Lattimore got into a, a verbal dispute with Bruce Arians, who's a consultant on the Bucks sideline now. Tom Brady then piped in. And then Lattimore went after Tom Brady and Mike Evans came, uh, first of all, Leonard Fournette shoved Lattimore. Yeah. Then Mike Evans came charging in and just dropped Lattimore. It was the beautiful. Wheel. They both got ejected, which I think actually helped the Bucs more. Yeah. And the Bucs obviously go on to win the game. Um, I think the Miami Dolphins, Tua Tungavailoa with that unbelievable performance, yeah. 469 yards and six touchdowns. I have no idea what Baltimore was doing in that coverage system. I have no idea, frankly, how the Jets came back and beat the Browns. Um, Bad special teams play. I mean, and really stupid football mentality. We saw a lot of really low football IQ yesterday yeah. in the National Football League. Yeah. You look at the Browns. The Browns are up 14 points with under two minutes to go. 99% win probability. 99% the Jets come back and score two touchdowns, 17 points in the fourth quarter. And it's because Nick's Chubb ran into the end zone instead of laying down. He wanted that touchdown. If he'd have laid down in bounds, the clock would have run out. The Browns would have won the game. Y'all want to play. But Nick and his Chubb ran into the end zone and the Jets come back behind Joe Flacco and win at 31-30. Incredible. And then verticality, little Kyler Murray. Dude saying after the game that he knew he had to take over in the second half. 
even though he, he played terribly, in my opinion, in the second half. But here's a question out of this game that I think, and I, I know Byron Murphy with the touchdown, they win, it's crazy. Kyler the play. Kyler looks amazing, it's great. Yeah. Can A.J. Green catch a football anymore? Because I'm telling you, that two-point conversion at the back of the end zone was not a catch. Yeah, and it that ball was on the there. ground. Should have never got there because he missed another one over by the pylon on a, a player two before that. And that and that that's Arizona Cardinal football in position to win a game. Can't execute. That's who they are. Craziness, just craziness. Kyler finishes 31 of 49. Ooh. A touchdown, a pick, 277 yards. Um, I, I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I, I look at A.J. Green, three catches, 16 yards, but a critical drop at the goal line. Does it just, tell you how many targets? It does AJ? not say oh, how God. many targets. Yeah, but, I mean, he they clearly were working him because he had a matchup, and he just was not catching it. Like, there's no way around that. I mean, the DB was simply beating him, and, and to me, it felt like, because the thing is, is Zach Ertz and Kyler Murray have kind of this contentious relationship, it feels like, on the field where yeah. Zach gets really frustrated with Kyler because Kyler won't hit him in stride and, and put the ball where it needs to be. But then Kyler Murray makes a bunch of great plays to win him the football game and, and runs around and does what he does, and he thrives in chaos, you know? And so that's why it's just it's frustrating to watch that kind of football because the Arizona Cardinals, with the talent they have, really should be like a, a, a contender, man. Like they, yes, should, they be should be a strong playoff team. And and Hopkins is on the suspension if a memory serves. Yes, so he is. They don't even have that right now, and they're still doing this. So that's why I say they should be way better than they are. My biggest concern with them, though, is they're not well coached. A ton of penalties, bad clock management, not not using good technique. Like it just they're not well coached. Jalen Thompson and Isaiah Simmons are the two names you need to watch on that Cardinal defense because they are Spectacular. Real quick, couple of locks for you tonight. Um, Titans, Bills, Vikings, Eagles, essentially doubleheader on Monday night. Uh, one game's on ESPN, ESPN2. The other is on ABC. The Vikings game, Eagles game, 6.30 Mountain Time is on ABC. Titans, Bills kicks off at 5.15 on ESPN. Uh, Bills are a lock. They're a 10-point favorite yeah. in this game. I just don't love what the Titans are doing right now. I don't like what I saw in week one. My um, only concern... If I'm the Bills, is Derrick Henry and him coming out to prove a point because he hasn't he hasn't had a great season so far. So to well, me, that's your only concern in this game. I'm not concerned about quarterback play. I'm not concerned about anything else they do offensively. They you need to stop Derrick Henry, and if you do that, you win this football game. Yeah, I'm taking the Bills to cover that ten, and I'm taking the Vikings to win outright. They're a two and a half point dog on the road at Philly. I'm taking the Vikings and the Bills tonight. Uh, as my locks football at 50, 10 of the hour, every hour presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. No one goes all in on made from scratch freshness like Papa Murphy's. Because when you go all in, people notice. Go all in with the triple pet pizza for just eleven ninety nine. Papa Murphy's. Change the way you pizza. Football 50 presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your order of $25 or more. All right, let's get uh, some of your comments in here. Hey, hey, look at uh, look at Greg Hawkins showing up. Hey, he showed up Saturday at Barbecue Pit let's Stop. Go, Greg. Everybody was in awe of your greatness. Really good to meet you, Greg Hawkins, in person. Finally, good to see you. Your mute's <laughs> one. Greg stayed until the very, 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 very end. Just, and the whole time cheering for Oregon. 
jumping up and down every time the Ducks <laughs> he's like scored. He's like, I don't even care what happens with Utah. It's victory Monday either way. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right, man. That was it. That was amazing. Uh, Justin Sal says, I'm a Bucks fan, and that game was a snooze fest for the first three quarters. Yes, it was. Uh, Boyd Lake says, Tom Brady is a gamer. His team has his back. Loved it. It was the difference in the game for shizzle. <laughs> it was. Uh, Jason Griffith says, anyone who watched the game knows that Bo Nix really struggled with that mental pressure that Tuiaki uh, threw at him. Wow. Wow. Okay. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, hey, Mont and Jake, if Utah goes to the Rose Bowl again, you should do another watch party. We should. We should. Mm -hmm. Mike Presser says, one guy can absolutely affect the outcome of a game. Look at Micah Parsons. Only reason the Cowboys beat Cincy. He's a stud. He was close. Micah Parsons. Major leg injury. Oh, I know. That that, I thought that was an Achilles. Gnar, bro. I thought that was an Achilles for sure. Absolutely for sure. Yeah. Yes, we're doing non-sports stories of the day. We're going to talk about the British Royals coming up here in about 30 minutes. I'll understand the Queen obsession thing. I, I don't get it. I was. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, I was ticked off that Dallas beat Cincy Mike Pressler. What happened to Smoking Joe? Tough day. Yeah, I don't know about that. Nine o'clock right here on the Monty Show presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. Don't ever go out of your pocket for a representation when you can go to the Advocates. They are the guys that do not charge you up front. Their consultations are free. They're going to defer your medical bills. And did you know that the only way you pay the Advocates is when they win your case? So focus on getting healthy. Focus on getting your life back because the Advocates know when you've been in an accident, it's one of the most difficult times of your life. You need somebody to fight for you, which is precisely why the Advocates call themselves the Advocates because they're going to advocate for you. They're going to fight for you. Go check them out online. Get your free consultation at utahadvocates.com. They have this really cool feature where you can go on their website and chat with them about your situation. Get your free consultation set up like it's the easiest thing in the world. Because I think nowadays, we not a lot of us don't like talking to people on the phone. Mm-hmm. Like, and especially when you've been in an accident, maybe you're embarrassed or you're not, you know, it doesn't feel comfortable to talk about it. Right. Chat with somebody online and then set up your free consultation at utahadvocates.com. The biggest story in sports, uh, I think, uh, and I know we've talked a lot of BYU today um, is they got beat badly uh, by Oregon, but I think Utah beating San Diego State um, probably is one of those games where if we in, indeed do get Utah back in the in the Rose Bowl, I think that San Diego State game, remember that game back in, you know, mid-September where we beat San Diego State and maybe that's the game where we finally got Devon Vele and Solomon Enos off the schneid as receivers and the passing game kind of erupted in the second half because I really thought Cam Rising was sputtering. At one point, it looked like he was not right on some level. They came out in the second half. The defense showed up. Obviously, knocking Burmeister out of the game was a huge win for the Utes. You got a touchdown out of Tavion. They looked like they were more comfortable running the game. And certainly, the chemistry with the wide receivers, specifically Vele and Enos, was huge, in my opinion. Jake, I think that's one of the storylines that we need to follow over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it just kind of felt like they got going offensively. And it was kind of the exact opposite of what we saw out of BYU, like where BYU was struggling to run the football and getting the connection going with receivers due to injury or otherwise, Utah had had the connection going in the second half. Tavion Thomas got it going and 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 you see what the what what benefits you get when you can run the football. And that, and that's what I'm saying, you know, so often we we in football I feel like we get into the complexities of like 
run play option or speed option yeah. or like all these complex offensive concepts. And nine times out of 10, it's like, hey, if you just block up front and hand the football off, you're going to be fine. You get you essentially get three plays to get 10 yards. So if you can just get three and a half yards of carry, that's a first down, you know, and, and I feel like BYU and Utah sometimes overcomplicate that. So it was great to see the, you know, Tavion Thomas get going. I, I really love that that Vele got into the end zone. Uh, I think twice was it? Um, you know, he had a nice game, and I think that Utah just is Utah. I feel like isn't playing their best football yet, but I feel like no, they're on track close. to play their best football. And to me, that's what we need to see. By the time you get to uh, SC, I think in the was it the 15th? October fifteenth, October fifteenth. Yeah. You have to be firing on all cylinders. Vele, because it's not good enough just to get Vele going. No. He needs to be confident in his game. He's got to believe that he's the best receiver on the football field when he's out there. So these next couple of games are big so that when you do play SC, you're you're in the best possible place that you could be offensively because you're going to need it. Yeah, and I, I, am, I will just say again, I think Devon Vele should be the guy. Solomon Enos may be that guy. I mean, just watching his route running, I the the touchdown catch that he had was a great catch. Yeah. An absolute a great catch. Good throw, obviously, put it in a good spot, but that's still a, a big play to make. But I, I think again, not to be redundant, this defense at Utah is incredible. Yeah. I, I mean the performance out of Cole Bishop, I mean, he he essentially played linebacker, getting his hands on the football getting his arms around just about every running play, the way you shut down the passing game. And again, I know that that the Utes knocked, um, you know, Braxton Burmeister out of that game. But, I mean, you never gave Kyle Crum a chance to even get off the schneid in this game. Yeah. I mean, he was questioning every decision he was making. Just a dominant performance by the, by the Ute defense. And I think one of the more interesting things that we saw is Lander Barton really emerged in this game. Uh, for Utah, I'm curious now, how much does his role increase? And how much more are we going to hear his name being called on game day? Because yeah. he put himself in the right place at the right time. And if you're going to get Bishop, Reed, Barton, um, you know, if you're going to get all those guys right in the middle and you're going to get, you know, I think Gabe Reed is somebody we don't talk about enough. Mm -hmm. Honest to goodness. I mean, seven tackles. Um, the tackle for loss was spectacular. Um, I just look at that defense and – I think you're you're starting to hit your stride now. Mm -hmm. um, it was nice to see Van Villiger play a little better. Um, he's frustrating to me. He's that yeah. guy that I expect to have two sacks every game. Yeah, he's inconsistent. It, yeah, and and maybe you know maybe that's who they are. Maybe that's who he is. I don't know, but I just think it was very interesting to see the way this defense came together. And Lander Barton, man, he looked good. Him and Cole Bishop. I, I just thought those two, those performances were spectacular. Yeah, and I think if you're wit, you're you're just trying to get this this defense to be consistent. You you need your defense to be the backbone of this team. So that way when the offense does sputter, because every offense, whether we're talking Lincoln Riley and SC or otherwise, every offense is going to sputter through at some point in the season. That's just how football works. But if your defense can be there, it's it's much like the 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 Bucks and Saints game. Defense won that yeah. game, you know. Yes. And I think Tom Brady came through in the end and made plays, and and they end up walking away with a ten point victory. That's basically what needs to happen at Utah right now. That defense needs to lock in, be consistent, be where you're supposed to be, use good fundamentals when tackling, and your offense will catch up. These next three weeks are a couple of testers, though. I mean, at Arizona State this week, obviously the news that uh, Herm Edwards fired by Arizona State. Uh, after their embarrassing loss. That should loss. be a cakewalk, dude. Well, 
But I mean, obviously you're you're playing for pride, right? Yeah. I mean, there, there's no doubt about that. But Herm Edwards fired at Arizona State. They lose to Eastern Washington, who started a backup quarterback. And you still lost. Mm-hmm. So Arizona State fires Herm Edwards. I think that's a that's a hugely important game. You roll into uh, Sun Devil Stadium as a 15-point favorite, yeah. which frankly is a little surprising. I thought this would be another 21-point line, but hey, the boys in Vegas are rarely wrong. Um, Utes are a 15-point favorite, 8-15 on ESPN on Saturday night. Uh, but then over the next couple of weeks, I think you have some interesting tests. That Oregon State game in two weeks at Rice-Eccles, that's a game you're probably going to want to be at. I mean, yeah. that is a... There will be some intensity in that game. I think that's going to be a huge, huge test because Oregon State's a good football team. Mm-hmm. That's a very capable team. And then I have no idea what to make out of UCLA. Um, I mean, the Rose Bowl's a joke at this point. I don't know why UCLA continues to to do everything it could do not to build a campus facility for football. That's why it was incredible to me that they, they got into the Big Ten. Like, it's not like UCLA is... UCLA is really attractive from an educational standpoint, but not very attractive at all from a sporting standpoint. But I think basketball-wise, baseball-wise certainly flies under the radar. Track-wise flies under the radar. But they should be better as a football program. Yeah, I they mean, you know what I'm going to say. I mean, it, great, you have a great track program. Even baseball, that's cool. I yeah. love baseball. Baseball is one of my favorite sports, but it doesn't make money in college athletics. Like, you have to be, you know, college World Series capable to make any money at it. So, to me... You know, I'm sitting here looking at this and I'm like, hey, like that was an embarrassing showing from your fans Saturday. Like that was a joke, you know, and and they've been bad for how long? And the basketball program hasn't been good for a minute either. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so I'm saying I'm not trying to be know. mean, but I think UCLA has athletes. I it, You just you can't play in the Rose Bowl with 10,000 fans. Yeah. It, it, the place looks empty. I mean, it is it is one of the the great bastions of college football is the Rose Bowl. Yeah, but it's meaningless when it's empty. Yeah, and I can tell you when I was covering UCLA back what in two thousand I guess it was two thousand one, it was still half empty when Holy Bob Toledo was there. Right. But even back to Troy Aikman's days, even like that building's never been a great UCLA home football building. UCLA needs to build a stadium on campus. Yeah. And it's tough because land in Los Angeles, they, they're in Westwood. Land in Los Angeles is incredibly hard to come by. But you're better off at SoFi. You're better off, you know, it's somewhere other. It's Pasadena. And for those of you who've never been to the Rose Bowl, it's incredibly difficult to get there. It is tucked away up a hill in a neighborhood. The The locals don't love that you're there. I mean, it, it is a it is a difficult... It's a difficult situation. Yeah. They've got to find a way. And they're only, let's be honest, they're only in the Big Ten because of Los Angeles. I mean, that's the appeal of UCLA, right? I mean, their appeal is yes. that they're in Los Angeles. That's why they're in the Big Ten. Yeah, it's TV, you know? TV dollars. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think there, there's any doubt about that. Hey, uh, this hour of the show brought to you by Wayman Brothers Construction. The good guys at Wayman Brothers. We all got to meet Teddy Wayman on Saturday at Barbecue Pit beard. Stop. Yeah, it, why do you have to bring up hurtful topics? What do you mean? I would love to have a beard like Teddy Wayman. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. No, I don't want to be a ginger like Teddy Wayman. But if hey, I could that's grow not a, very nice. If I could grow a big manly beard and you know just uh, look like a lumberjack and get the hose, like that would be amazing. Get the hose. Anyway, the point is, uh, <laughs> I'm pumped. The point is, uh, Teddy and his amazing beard. Right. Uh, we're at Barbecue Pit Stop on Saturday and. 
you know, it was so cool to introduce Teddy to everybody and they're just such a good company. Wayman Brothers Construction is a family business. Um, those are guys that have done work in my home. Teddy did my shower. He's going to have to redo my master bathroom shower because like an idiot, uh, I hired a third rate contractor. And so Teddy's already been in my shower one time, like redoing our grout. He's got, we were talking about it Saturday. We're going to have to have them rip it out and do it the right way because that's the only way that Wayman Brothers Construction does the job. The right way, the first time, on time, and on budget. Yeah. That's what you can expect when you go to Wayman Brothers. Uh, they did our deck. They did our hot tub pad. They're doing a huge project for us right now. They do it all. They're crushing it. So if you need a contractor, if you're looking to have your kitchen, your bathroom, maybe you're doing an ADU to add revenue to your, to your, your finances and you want to build one of those extra apartments above your garage. Or maybe like Jake, who farts a lot, and you just yeah. want your kid out of the house and yeah. you want him in the garage. Redo your garage. Finish your basement. Whatever you need at your house, you need construction, you call the guys at Wayman Brothers Construction. 801-654-1028. 801-654-1028 for Wayman Brothers Construction. Okay. Yeah. Real quick before we get to the queen, because I don't understand. The queen. Why are American television networks broadcasting her funeral live? It's sort of a natural reflex. I don't get it. We'll talk about that in a minute. I want to talk about the Pac-12, though, because the Pac-12 is said to be hundreds of millions of dollars apart. Right. With ESPN. But the funny thing is, is this not the best weekend of Pac-12 football? Maybe in... Certainly this season. Yeah. But maybe dating back to last season as well, because all the nameplates in the conference got big wins. You had Oregon beating um, 12th-ranked BYU soundly at Autzen. Utah dominated San Diego State. You had Arizona beating North Dakota State. Good program. Right. Right. Arizona football certainly on the rise, now at 2-1. and one. Um, USC, I'm telling you, USC is the best offense in the country. Right. Without question. Yeah. Absolutely throttled Fresno State. Yeah. Washington beating Michigan State. UCLA beating South Alabama 32-31 at the Rose Bowl. <laughs> you know. What? What? Um, you know, you have Oregon State putting up 68. Bro, what are you talking about, man? Washington State, 38-7 over Colorado State. A really good weekend in the Pac-12. How good is the Pac-12, Jake? I mean, I think they're... Middle of the road. Like, I, I think as far as, you know, college football conferences are concerned, I think, you know, most of the Pac-12 schools could probably hang with Big 12 schools on the football field. I think the Big Ten's better. I think the SEC's better. And I think, you know, the Pac-12 and the ACC are pretty much level, if you think about it, because the ACC has one good team uh, that's college football worthy every year. The Pac-12 has two in Oregon and Utah over the last couple of years. Now, obviously, SC is emerging. I'm not ready to say their college football playoff good yet. I think there's still a little bit to 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 show there, but but let's let's call it three just for conversation's sake. We'll say the Pac-12 has three college football playoff capable teams. So to me, you know how good is the Pac-12? I think they're you know probably tied tied with the ACC behind the SEC, the Big Ten, and the Big Twelve. I think that's. You know, so they're not the worst conference, but they're, you know, probably tied. I mean, they're not the worst conference. But they're or down nothing. there, dude. Yeah, they're down there. So yeah, I think they're 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 pretty mediocre. Yeah. I, I don't know I don't know why and I guess this is just me. I, I don't know why I have faith in the Pac twelve, but I do. 
And I think when I look at Utah, I mean, I, I think we all know who Utah is. That's always going to be a tough out. Right. Utah's not going to win every game, but they're they're going to be a tough out. I, I honestly, watching USC the other night as my wife was passed out asleep, uh, I was alone in this life watching USC. You know. No idea why I said that. Um, but just looking at what USC is as a football team, I, I mean, Caleb Williams is absolutely the Heisman Trophy frontrunner in my mind. And I look at the weapons that they have, whether that's, you know, you, you look at Mario Williams, Jordan Addison yeah. is a stud. Like, you look at the weapons that they have. Offensively, I don't, I don't see a, a, an offense in this country that's going to stay with them. They're going to be able to score with you. And the continued conversation about USC is going to be whether or not they can stop anybody. And if you look at, you look at their defense, it, you know, Tuli Tuli, uh, hello, Tuli Tui Pelotu is, I think, one of the most underrated linebackers in the country. Um, you know, Bird Lee, uh, Nick Figueroa, I think, is a fantastic player. But that's yeah. about where the depth chart stops. Mm-hmm. Their their middle of the field defense is terrible. They they do not cover in the middle of the field, and I I think you can beat them deep. And until they prove they can do that, it's hard for me to call them a national championship contender. I don't have any doubt based on all of the football that I've watched this year. USC is the best team in the Pac-12. Stop. I have no doubt. I have no Stop. doubt about that. Who's better? You're being ridiculous. Who's it's better? Not it. They're not the best team in the Pac-12. They're the best offense in the Pac-12. Oof. But I think I think Utah and Oregon have something to say about that. I think Oregon Oregon still has proving to do. Um, but I think if you if I said to you, hey, Utah and USC are going to play four weeks from now or three weeks from now, whatever it is. I don't have faith that the defense at USC is going to get better because it's Lincoln Riley. His defenses are never they better. They never get better. They never get better. So to me, we're seeing what USC is. I agree. Lethal offense. Like they are going like the number of times they're going to score 35 points in a game is probably a bunch this year. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be above average. But what happens when they play a disciplined defense in Utah, a defense that is capable of playing that hybrid zone that then switches to man based on what the receivers do. And like they can play complex schemes that really make it hard on you. That to me is what's interesting. I, I think it's easy to beat up on rice and Austin some of these Jones teams. and Travis die. Both had a hundred yards. Caleb Williams. They won the game. If I'd have said to you, Caleb Williams is going to run for a negative, a net running yardage of one yard. Mm-hmm. And he is going to average a net negative running the football. Mm-hmm. They're going to lose that game, right? No, well, wrong. Because Austin Jones and Travis Dye went crazy. And Caleb Williams goes 25 of 37 for 284 and two touchdowns. And they're, they just have so many weapons. You can you can you can hold them to thirty points. Let's mm-hmm. say because I think giving up thirty points to USC is actually very good, super respectable. But are you are you going to be can can you right now say that the Utah offense can score thirty points on USC's defense? I don't see any way they do that. I unless Devon Vale and Solomon Enos continue to perform the way they did, because I just think that makes Brent Keithy that yeah. much better of a, a of a weapon. Yeah, I mean, I just think we haven't seen the best of Utah's offense yet. It's hard to say. Like, right now, today, no, probably That's not. That's fair. Probably not. That's but I fair. think I, I, I'm not going to sit here and crown USC some great team until they show me that they can beat. Like, if you come out, if you come to Rice-Eccles in a couple mm-hmm. of weeks, 
and you beat Utah by 25 points, okay, you're a good team. You're a really good team. Like, then I'll be able to say, okay, you're the best team in the conference. But but I'm not, like, beating up on a couple of these easier teams, I, I don't think we can say that yet. Yeah, they ran the hell out of the football, but they had the size advantage. Like, you're not going to have a size advantage against Utah up front. That's not going to happen. Utah always has size and athletic ability on the line. So that's what I'm saying. You look at the Oregon matchup for a second. USC versus Oregon. What am I going to say? That is a speed demon's dream, Yes, man. it is. Both of those teams are incredibly fast. And to me, USC probably wins that because they have better athletes than you. Yeah. So, you Oregon, know. Or, Sewell's a great football player for Oregon, man. Yeah. Are you surprised that Penix in Washington did that? To, to Michigan State. I mean, Penix threw for 397 yards. Yeah, I mean, I just, I turned it on. I was like, oh. 39-20. Washington, nice Washington put, put up 39 points on Michigan State. Yeah. Are we undervaluing Washington? Yeah, probably. But I don't think they've earned the respect to be valued, frankly. I think they have to earn that by doing what they did. By the way, I would like to congratulate Notre Dame for beating a really crappy Cal team. Um, <laughs> dude, they held on for their dear lives. Drew Pine is a terrible quarterback. I mean, Dude, my, his name is Drew Pine. He's not good. They, they no, 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 no. I'm such a suffering Notre Dame fan. Uh huh. How long until we fire whoever the hell the coach is? Yeah. Who's the coach? Who's the quarterback? Who's the non-existent running back? Like, just fire them all. I mean, they get after the quarterback, but geez, Louise, they're man. All right. Can we talk about the queen now? All right. Let me get a couple comments yeah. first. Couple comments because Mrs. Monty is chomping, champing. It's champing at the bit. Mm -hmm. Proper word. Uh, Tony Morgan says, "Wow, mediocre man." Jake, give credit where credit is due. What do you mean? I don't know. Mike Presto says, "Pac-12 football is great. Pac-12 as a business is a dumpster fire." <laughs> That's right. I mean, as a conference, they are mediocre. Like I, I think I don't like. Is that? Harsh to say? I, I don't think it's that harsh. Yep. Uh, Brad Johnson says, so because they don't have a top four team, the Big 12 is better. How is the Big 12 better? Well, frankly, I think, I don't know. How good is Kansas? Did anybody paying attention to can No, I said Kansas, the Jayhawks football team. Is anybody paying attention to what Kansas is doing? I, like that's the question. How how good is how good is Washington? Well, how good is Kansas? Dude, I have zero faith in Arizona football, Arizona State football, UCLA football. Well, I don't like. Come on. But listen, the, the top of the conference, Oklahoma is better than anybody in the Pac-12. I think Oklahoma State is arguably better than anybody in the Pac-12. I think with the shocker this weekend was, in, in my opinion, anyways, the shocker this weekend was. NC State just manhandling Texas Tech. That was a little disappointing. Mm -hmm. So when you look at the bottom of the conference, because that always, in my opinion, the bottom of the conference is what determines how good you are. Yeah. But when I look at when I look at Oklahoma, I don't think there's a a, a finer program. But you look at Kansas is three and zero, and Kansas ain't accidentally three and zero. Yeah. Kansas is actually playing really good football. But you look at Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. TCU, I think Baylor's really solid. Um, I don't, I thought Texas showed out really well against there, Alabama. Dude, there's like five, six teams that are better than most teams in the Pac-12. I, mean, I don't I, know what to make of West Virginia. I'm a little surprised they're one and two. Um, I don't know. Is Kansas legitimately? I mean, they're one and zero oh in conference, right? And this is but not like Kansas a, is your Stanford, right? Is that 
I mean, that's I feel like that's pretty parallel. Like, like, yeah, but Kansas, listen, Kansas has beaten West Virginia at West Virginia, and they beat Houston. But this is my point. This is what I'm saying. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm agreeing with what you're saying. But I'm to the commenters who are who are hating on me because I said the Pac-12 is mediocre. The Pac-12 is mediocre when you compare it them to other mediocre. conferences. Yes. Like, I don't. I, I don't yes. think that's that's wrong to say. I, I think the Pac-12, just like every other conference, is top-heavy. But when you compare the football on the field, I think the meat of the Pac-12, the UCLA, Stanford, Oregon's, Oregon State, Washington State, like Arizona State, those schools are all pretty average. There's nothing to hold on to there, really. Greg Hawkins says the Pac-12 is a fun conference. It is fun to watch. I will say that. Yeah, I agree. Wrong. It is fun to watch. Tanner says, right now, USC may be the best team in the Pac-12, but I think Utah will be the best team in the conference at the end of the year. That Well, I mean, the, uh, you know, Tanner, it's interesting you say that because I think the evolution of a football team is a big part of their success. And I yeah. think Kyle Whittingham has constantly showed you that his teams evolve. Um, so I like that. Uh, Greg Hawkins says, Washington looking good too. Uh, we have six teams looking good right now in the Pac-12. I would agree with that. Yeah. I would agree. Uh, Mike Pressler, SC is the best highlight team, but I think Oregon wins the conference. Really? I don't think so. I think if you, if you play sound, fundamental football on defense, you're going to beat Oregon. Because Bo Nix Bo is not a guy that you can put in the fire and, and have him you know stay cool. Mm -hmm. That's not who he has been, I don't think. Uh, Tony Morgan says Utah is the team to beat in the Pac-12. Agreed. Remains to be seen. Tony says, and I'm an Oregon Ducks fan. Okay, I appreciate that. Holabilly says Utah's offense could definitely put up 30-plus against that defense. Uh, I, I, You like yourself some SC, man. No, what I don't like is Utah's offense. It makes me nervous. And I think... I just don't think they can score 30 points on a regular basis. I, I not a, We'll see. I... Come October 15th, this is going to be a conversation anymore. Yeah, Because that's when, when we're going to find out. Yeah. That's when we're going to find out. All right. Um, the Monty Show presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. The best injury attorneys in the business. I hesitate to get into this because <laughs> I just don't feel like the queen's dead. That's the extent of the conversation. For okay. Me. So that's how it's going to so be. So the queen is dead. Mm-hmm. Do we really have to do this whole thing where, like, you turn on NBC right now, all my hope on God is founded is playing on NBC right now because that's what the Queen of England told them to play. And it's like, dude, like, what are we, what are we doing? When, when, we, when, we talk about, when we talk about the Queen of England, is it really this big of a deal that... We have to like put her funeral on every TV network in the United States. God bless. Apparently. I don't think it's that big of a deal, but you know. I know it's not that big of a deal. Boom. <laughs> Perfect. Hello, Mrs. Monty. Hi. How are you? What you're a huge fan of the Queen. I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan of the Queen. I am fascinated by monarchies. Like that that's very interesting. And there's very few left. And I think the reason why. We have this on the TV and on all of our news outlets. New York Times is giving live updates as oh, well thank, as probably thank God, the every New York single Times. press outlet in the world. Two reasons. One, they are our ally. And I do think that it is important that we keep them as an ally. And we, you know, 
it would be the same as if our president happened to die in no, office. No, no, it's not. Okay, so wait, and I just want to make sure I get this right. The queen is meaningless when it comes to, hey, let's go to war or, hey, let's write new but foreign policy. That's fine, but they yeah. have a queen. They have a monarchy but with a parliament, whatever. But it's still, it's important that we actually do this now yeah. i do think we also have a fascination come on we left the we left the you know british i still think we have a fa fascination with them we're attached to canada which is attached to them like i just think that it's also fascinating it's the we're same attached if to canada i want more we are we're, we're attached our, to canada country who's attached to them you know so see my aunt's cousin's brother's friend right. so Marcus. you're gonna go to the funeral but anyways, um, I also think that uh, we are fascinated by the royals. It's a fairy tale story. That's why we watched the weddings of the royals. That's why we cared when Princess Diana died. After all, who is Princess Diana but a princess? Yeah, I, I this just... This is the actual queen. She has died. I don't know, man. I, I, Jake, do you do you have any care whatsoever about the the British monarchy? Not, not, not in that respect. I mean, I, you know, they they're that's not a, a monarchy person. I mean, yes, they are, but like the parliament is what makes the decisions, right? Am I? Yeah, it's me. It's me. That, it, like, it, am it's, I right it's about not that? Meaningless. Or? The the prime minister does by rule. The prime minister does have to consult with the Queen of England yes. or whoever the the highest. Like so now, King Dickhead the Third, Charles, consulting who I can't or whatever, stand. advising, consulting—is that just like, hey, here's what we're doing, sign the paper, or no? There, there's actual like, if they want to go to war, the Queen or the King has to sign off on it. Hmm. It's one of the few things like they actually have a bit, a wee bit of say. Yeah, they but do. they don't set foreign policy. They don't. It's simply. A fashion show on that's a nine out of ten like days. To Look at the fashion show. Well, yeah, I that's mean, cool. If you watch but... it on TV, that's what it is. People are fascinated by this. Who in the world has an entire country that goes silent for two minutes? Dude's wearing a... a cape, reading some scripture uh, to a bunch of old... people. Oh okay, God. so if you want me, Jesus, to... <laughs> reporting right now from Westminster Abbey, there's an old guy in a cape and <laughs> like... he's reading some let's old go to, stuff. Let's from go a to book. the Monty Show Chopper um, live over Westminster's Abigail. Jake, what do you, Jake, what do you see live on the ground? Ah, uh, Sir William the eightieth. <laughs> We're live in Monty Copter 10. Monty Copter live over the British funeral and shit. What do you see on the ground there, Jake? Uh, oh, there's wow. a long line out of the building to see a dude wearing a cape reading a book. Anyways, you hear that yeah, I'm sure people love that you are tapping on the microphone. They're all about ready to turn off just from that. Oh, my God. Oh, Jack Copter 69. Uh, anyway. Anyways. I feel um, better. But, wow. but that, it, it is. It is it's fascinating. Like, right, and I don't disagree that, like, the opulence, the money, like, Prince Charles the other day who's now going to be king and the... the that's the problem. Okay, so now we get this funeral and everybody's watching the funeral. Yeah. Next week, okay, old lady's in the ground and they threw a bunch of dirt <laughs> on her. Cool. Next week, it's all oh, Prince Charles who lost his mind over an inkwell because the pen didn't fit in the inkwell. 
suck my ass. Like I'm, com. I'm being like he's signing some kind of proclamations and or whatever. It was a fountain pen. It wasn't fitting in the inkwell. It was a fountain pen that was leaking. And right. Got right. all over the place. Right. Because, but did you? I. I don't know why you got to use a fountain pen. Still, a nice Mont Blanc will do the job. It's, it's, <laughs> and he's worth thirty-one billion dollars, and he's not earned a penny of it. And the the thing that kills me. And look, I, I'm jealous. I totally admit it. If I could fail upwards my entire life and be a jerk who cares nothing about the little guy, I would do it. That's well, not sir. a terrible existence, yeah, right? I if, agree. And you get custom. All of his suits are custom made. All of his shoes are custom made. He gets free bling, so he could have like grills made for himself if he wanted to. What the fuck are you, Ranger? Ranger? Yeah, like the guy's amazing. Yeah. But why are they even in existence? We're missing the why here. This is why. That's like, my problem. I just don't understand this whole thing. Whether you're whether you're a Brit or you're a Canadian or you're me, I don't get it. Yeah. And I think it's ridiculous that they they have like the palaces alone. Yeah. The the opulence. It's, I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Um we are in a different time and now uh you know, there's been lots of talks about getting rid of the, the monarchy. Um, what are people saying? Kanai Johnson said, Dr. Strange is reading the memo. <laughs> 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 you know, and I, and I will say, as a, so I grew up in the Catholic Church. Uh -huh. I was an altar boy. The only reason that I wanted to be an altar boy was for two reasons. To try wine, which is probably why I hate it now. Yeah. And because the clothing was amazing. Like my my church at this Catholic church that I grew up in, my the the priest had the most like you were talking about that cape, the, he had the most amazing capes. He had the most amazing like these robes. I remember their robes they used to wear, and that's the only reason I and but the beatings with you the wanted ruler. the opulent threads, but oh yeah, my God. the beatings yes, from yes, the yes. nuns <laughs> and you know the molestation from the priests kind of turned wow. people off. But wow, anyways, okay. Um, yeah. Let's move on. Um, Hullabilly says, my parents are keeping up with the Queen's funeral, but they come from countries that are part of the Commonwealth. Well, then there you go. Talking with Raphael podcast says, I love the helicopter sound. See? See? <laughs> and it's not a helicopter, Raphael. It's a jet copter. Um, Thank you. <laughs> NY Jazz fan says, love this show. Thank you. Uh, Greg Hawkins says, yeah, I don't really care about the British Royal family. You know what I mean? Like, I totally agree. It's just fascinating. You know, um, Mike, Ooh, Mike Pressler says I met Prince Harry at the allied games. Yeah. Dude is actually a genuine dude. Shamey married trash. Wow. Ouch. Holy cow. Ouch. She's not That's trash. Is that Meghan Markle or whatever? Dude, she come on. She's not trash though. Come on. She's kind of divided the family, right? She probably killed the queen. Okay. Let's be honest. Uh, so she, she probably brought, killed she the brought queen? some color to the family and they couldn't handle that. Oh, boy. Oh, Oregon Duck fans are upset. Look Duke, look, Duke Volleyball, settle down, please. Um, I'm saying there, well, that there was definitely some conversations about, oh, shoot. Like, for instance. What are we going to... Look, man. Meghan Markle was a hell of a setter when she was on the Duke Volleyball team. Oh, boy. No. Is she... I guess it's it's uncouth to ask if she's hot. Like I have no interest in that girl. Like there, she's a. And this is the other thing. I didn't know who she was before she married no. into that family. No, nope. because like, you didn't watch Suits, right? Because I never I, watched Suits. No, because I have taste. 
But this is precisely the problem with the royal Rexham family. Wait, wait, wait. This is precisely the problem. We're sitting here saying a, a TV star got into the royal family? Is that what we're well, saying? But yes. She married second in line. So, like, yeah, I think she, she would have yes. never married first in line. That that ain't happening. No. Because, God forbid, you would marry who you love. No, they barely let... Um, uh, what's her name? Um, Prince gosh. William? No, yeah, Prince Kate? William. Kate, yes. Um, How do I know more about the royal family than you? Uh, they barely let her in because her family was not royal. I don't know. My whole point is, I just think it's they're they're it's just out it's of touch. I'll cool never understand. What is it? Club. You know, yeah, it is. But it would is. you want that lifestyle? Is that something like? Is that something that any of us really espouse to? Where we're like, oh yeah, yeah you're born into thirty one billion dollars. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I want to be. I want to. I want to be. Well, yeah. Again, I'd love to fail upward, <laughs> right? Okay, but man. the problem is, I don't want Rodney driving me to the tennis club. I do. I'm fine. In my all-white suit with a tennis racket and a Rolls Royce? Yeah, but then you'd have to wear, like, the, the cheap hotel shorts, and hey. you'd be like, oh, it's a third set, seventh match. No, I don't want that. But you know what? I don't uh, want that either. Um, Harry and William have actually done a lot of really good charity work. Uh, Harry really is, like, he's, like, a good, like, a, a dude. He does the um, Invictus Games. Which is also the yeah, where you throw the foam poles all over the place and stuff. Hey no, <laughs> or is that the Red Bull game? That feels like a uh, a, that's a tanner not what sport. That is, anyways. Good <laughs> hey guys, work. Let's and that's, if one thing I will say that the Queen did do was that she did try to champion a lot of charity work. Neat. So um, I, I just. I, but other than that, we don't need monarchies anymore, we, and they do suck a lot of money out of people's pockets. Yeah, it's but not that's necessary. what we're fascinated by. We're, you're fast. You're attracted to the lifestyle, right? So like does you're the attracted, So the the monarchy lives off the taxes from the Commonwealth. Is that right? They yes. have a fund. They have a fund yes. that is mandated through the government, yeah. and it's worth right now. It's worth thirty one billion dollars. Okay. And they they it, it it's some avalanche of a vote that it, it takes heaven and earth, moving heaven and earth to change that. It's never yeah. it, like it's never going to happen. But the point is, I, I think we're all attracted to that to that lifestyle. I just don't know. I don't I just don't know why people are so fascinated by that. Because, I have no desire to have it handed. Like look to at me. what NBC is well, doing, showing these crowns or whatever. Whatever the hats. Oh, yeah. The 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 so the queen picked out a very specific like her little crown hat foam. It looks like Santa's hat with a bunch of diamonds on it. Um, but in like her little scepter thing. I don't thing. know what Santa you have, but. What's the they little. Threw snowballs at Santa. Yeah, you know. What is that little thing like with the. the not the, the tiara? Scepter. No. Scepter. It's, it's called a scepter. I think so. Okay. Scepter. <clears throat> Whatever. And it, the little stick thing with yeah. the diamond <laughs> crown on top of it. Like it's laying on top That's of her. That's pretty much explanatory. It's just weird. The whole thing's weird to me. Like you're going to bury that? Sell it. Hawk that thing. Sell I, like, it. You're worth money. I don't know that they're burying that. It's just on top of her coffin. Do you know she's being buried inside of the chapel? Royals are buried inside of Westminster. Oh, I know. I thought they were taking her. I thought they were driving her to Windsor to be buried. No, she's being buried. And uh, well, I don't know. I in St Andrew's Chapel. Oh no! It next gets, to her husband. That's right. It gets weirder than that. The purple hat that the Santa hat is actually. Uh, the soon-to-be King Charles's crown. Yes, they passed that's that That's riding on. on top of the coffin. Yeah. So your mom died, and you put your ball cap on top of her coffin. Like that's, that's right, T. That's weird T, to me. That, it's not quite Ooh, that Ooh, he's simple, touching her scepter. 
He's touching her scepter. Okay, okay. is that some you sort of make reference? That sounds like it's something inappropriate. <laughs> Anyways, it is very sexual. <laughs> Anyways, it's, why don't you, you touch why, my scepter? You know why we're fascinated? Because he's got his scepter. Rich, rich white dudes sold us fairy tales for a long, long time. And we are fascinated as children by princess stories. Look, I'm over and here making so, penis jokes and you're just going on with like your whole thing. Because sometimes I can't acknowledge it. I'm dead. Would you? That was incredible. Look at my diamond studded scepter, baby. Like, come on. Come on. No, no one's letting you touch. Well, I can like see, that. I can see the scepter all the way from Jack Copter 9. Look at the size of his scepter. Jake is looking crying. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> okay. Bro, Glad I just don't I, yeah, I don't understand I don't understand oh. the whole opulence thing. That's what I don't know. <laughs> it, it just seems like it's so much money. It's so much money. <laughs> yeah, it's Thirty-one it, billion. It, it, is. it is. It is so much money. It is. Jeez. The big Mugamba says the king is legally immune from all prosecution in the Commonwealth. That's insane and fascinating. It yeah, is. so said Jeffrey Epstein. Um, Seriously, yeah. How weird was that? Looking at like <sighs> used to be Prince Andrew standing there, like like walking with the coffin. Well, I mean, he's not dead. He's still there. Unfortunately, but he's no longer a part of the. I don't know what they. Call I it. think I'd care more about this if I knew what all the tradition was. Like, I have no idea what this guy's doing right now. He's playing with her scepter. Okay, right. Anyways, he's putting her. He, like he just put her scepter you know on a pillow. Fascinating. So when someone becomes a uh, the the king or queen, they actually spend a ton of time planning what would happen at their funeral. So, like, they plan this stuff out way, way in advance. And it used to be... Wait, has he got a thing, a crown royal? Is I, I'm not even... He's that, hey guys, tell, me that, tell me that doesn't look like it a thing, a crown royal. Like, and does, he's putting it on a purple orb. pillow. It does look like a, a crown orb. royal. I'm sorry, did you say that's an orb? Yes. Is Anyways. That, are they, what is it? Are they putting her ashes in that? Like, what no. are they doing with that? No, it's it's a. I don't remember what its role is, but it's a part. She has the scepter and the orb. Okay, okay. Anyways, so wait. Let, let me get this right. You're the person who freaks out over like like symbols and stuff, and you're like all down for her scepter and her orb. What? Donnie, please. That's weird. I see. Like that's weird to me. Like <laughs> anyway, no, please go. Go ahead. Why don't you illuminate me? Yeah. Why don't you illuminate me? Like. That's weird. To, it looks like a, a bottle of Crown Royal. <laughs> it does. No, and they put it, it on a purple like pillow. It Covassier. Does, <laughs> it does not look like Crown Royal. Okay. I, I mean, I just work here, man. You know, Mike Pressler says, uh, I'd eat blue cheese to be a royal for a day. I would not. Oh. I would never eat blue cheese. I'm not, I'm, I'm, oh. no. Yeah. Uh, My Jazz fan says, I just got invited to the Bills game tonight by a customer. Just so happens I'm driving to Buffalo right now. How can you go to the Bills game? The queen is dead. Yeah, <laughs> you should be in mourning. You know. Okay, Hullabilly says, yeah. it's called a rectal thermometer. Thank oh you. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Thank my you. God. All right, Jetcopter 9. To make uh, sure that she's dead. There's a rectal thermometer being pulled out at the queen's funeral. Butthole. <laughs> okay. What is wrong? Uh, <laughs> We're going to go streaking. Okay. Bring your purple hat. <laughs> <laughs> Did you yes. see the guy, the roller skater? So um, they have all the streets blocked off and Prince Charles is traveling in some yeah. car. And this guy's on rollerblades and he was just, 
he was just cruising along, totally oblivious, goes right into the path where the car is coming and got floored. What? All of these policemen tackled him, threw him to the ground, and he was saying, dude, I was going fast. I had no idea the street was clear, and I just took advantage. (laughs) (laughs) And here's the difference between Britain and the United States. They spoke to him for a little while. They understood the confusion, and they let him go. No, you got a beating, and you were in jail. Here, you got a beating. You were probably tased three times and shot. (laughs) Damn. You seem traumatized. I am. Okay. Uh, Greg Hawkins says Crown Royal is a fitting way to enjoy a funeral. Respect. (laughs) (laughs) It is true. Okay. So something very near and dear to Mrs. Monty's heart. Uh Um, A new study came out. Uh Oh, thanks to our friends at Eat This, Not That. Yeah. A new study came out that says sugary coffee drinks lead to an earlier death. Well, what's the definition of a sugary coffee drink? I, I, it just. High caloric. Oh, well, if you're not going to define that, it's very difficult to make such a broad statement. But anyways, yes, I do agree. Any sugary drink, if you're going to drink <coughs> something that's three, 400 calories and you're going to just suck that down like it was water, that's not good for you. Mine has a total of 35 calories in my coffee drink. Yeah, I'm guaranteeing Made me you. me an iced latte this morning. It's empty now. Very sad. I am. I am telling you now. Um, that in the other part of that study was parents who let their kids drink coffee in adolescence. Yeah, I don't also get that. terrible for your kids. I don't think they, you should let kids have. There coffee. is there is science that links that to um, caffeine dependence mm. as they grow older. Like I th- and this is what I always say about coffee. Why are we so addicted to coffee in this country? Is it truly the caffeine? Because I actually don't think it's the caffeine. I think it's the social component of holding a Starbucks cup and talking to somebody. I think that's why we sure, love that's coffee. Part so of it. I think it's multiple sided. Yeah. For some people, it's just coffee is morning. Uh, totally. I do love waking totally. up to the smell of coffee and had that experience so many times in Hawaii. I was like, ah, that is delightful. But to me, coffee is is morning. Um, I'm, I don't know. I think that's part of it. Part of it is. Are social. you addicted to it? Do you th- do you think you could go a week without a single cup of coffee? Yeah, yeah, totally. I can. I don't believe that. And I have before. Like it's not that big of a deal. And See, how many I, times I, have we been in Hawaii, mm-hmm. and I've only gotten one coffee a week? But never. I don't ever remember that happening. But you're some. But, but and that's not like an indictment against you. I think that coffee and the addictive nature of coffee is very hard to break. When you look at how much coffee we consume, and I have, I, I don't believe that I've ever, not one time, had a regular cup of coffee in my life. Yeah, I, I enjoy the occasional cappuccino, but I, I am not a coffee drinker. I am a, I am a rock star recovery drinker, which, by the way, is not probably much better for me. Link but, in the description. Go buy some. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> but I am not I am not the guy that is that is addicted to that beverage. I think my addiction is caffeine. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like I think there's a couple of things. One, I think it's a brand addiction. We are we are raised ooh. to be like you know to associate things with brands and which Starbucks became associated with like um a, an a 
elitist thing and then it became very common but it's like starbucks became the the mainstay right you either coke or your pepsi um so we get related to brands and then i think the other thing is is that we are constantly trying to push to get more and more and more and more done and we're constantly told the only way you can do that is with caffeine the oh, now that's very that true. With caffeine. Yeah. So whether you are drinking a Starbucks or you're drinking a Rockstar, you're being told constantly. The only way Red Bull gives you wings, the only way you're going to be able to get all the things <laughs> wow. done in your life is if you are taking some sort of caffeine, five-hour energy, Rockstar, Monster. It's is five-hour energy everywhere. still a thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you? Oh, have, yeah. I've never even had a five-hour energy. Me either. I have. You have, yeah, a long time, a while ago. I'm trying to remember when, but I have. Yeah. I don't think I ever have. Interesting. Yeah, but we're constantly being told there's no way you're going to get everything done unless you have the caffeine. Wow, look at everybody talking about coffee. Uh, Patrick Boren says coffee, not Starbucks, is great. Fish Greg Hawkins says I didn't need to have coffee as a kid to develop a caffeine dependency. Ain't that the truth? Well, ain't that the truth? Uh, Greg says I drink. Two to three cups every single morning black. I don't need anyone around to drink coffee. It's my time. Ooh. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Giggity says a pot of black coffee a day for me keeps the appetite down. What does that do to your intestines, though? I don't know. If you're just drinking, because coffee's got to be hard on the innards, right? Uh, coffee is a stimulant. So most people will tell you that if oh, you God. drink a nice don't, cup of coffee in the morning, don't. it will aid in your bowel movement. I knew, I knew it. You, you, I knew you were going to play that. I knew, I, <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. Dude, uh, Patrick Bourne agrees with Giggity. He says it absolutely helps the appetite. Uh, Holabilly says coffee is all right, but I take postum over it any day. I don't know what that is. Um, Mike Pressler says I prefer lukewarm coffee flavored milk. Oh, Ooh. Uh, New York Jazz fan says, preach, Mrs. Monty. Talking with Raphael Podcast. On PBS Radio. Uh, says, I drink one cup, eight ounces a day. It's delicious. I just have never gotten into coffee. The the, the I, I will be honest with you. The Starbucks thing annoys the hell out of me. What and I think mean? we've talked about that. Well, because it's this whole thing where if you don't know Venti Loco, Mocha, Chaka, you know, like Vente Mocha, Loca. Like if you don't know the language, like Vente Grande. Yeah. If you, you know, don't know the language, macchiato. it can be very confusing, and and that's also part of it. Like, do you it's speak the, the cool language? Kids club, like, though. Yeah, totally. I don't do it anymore, though. Remember, I used to. I used to all do Starbucks time. all the time. Now, the only time I get it is if we're traveling every once in a while, and and then I'm like, oh shoot, I don't have a Starbucks card anymore. Um, is that just a money thing, yeah. or is it like, oh, is yeah. there a sacrifice taste wise for what you do at home? Expensive. I, and I don't think there's a sacrifice taste. I'll probably sound like an, right? an a hole, but like no, <laughs> hey guys. no. But we are constantly being sold things, and um, Starbucks is a massive money suck for yeah. people. Yeah. I, I, when you think about young people who are getting one to two Starbucks a day at five to seven dollars a pop, and then they're also paying you know, 45 to $70 every two weeks for their nails, plus $100 for their eyelashes, plus like we are giving away money that we're earning because people are telling us that we need to. But what are we addicted to in this society? Shoes. Because I think, well, shoes, number one. But I think if you look at the things that we we do on a daily basis, yeah. I mean, certainly Rockstar for me, breakfast for me. The things that we enjoy. 
That's what we're addicted to. Things that yeah. we like. But I, I think we don't need... I don't know. I think we probably need coffee. I think I probably don't need Rockstar. I need caffeine. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think I'm probably caffeine addicted. I yeah. think but, we would find that if we all quit the caffeine after about two weeks, we would adjust and be just fine. But how mm-hmm. do you do that? Do you, you know that stop. like that whole thing sounds pain? Time well, off is how you do it. She's like, oh, <laughs> you just stop. Okay, then you go ahead and do it. Do you know how hard it is to give up caffeine? Do you wanna do you wanna have a bet? No. No, I'm not doing a casuals getting cut. That made me work out like 26 straight days and it sucked. Actually, yeah, I really casual. enjoyed it. The casuals getting cut thing worked out quite well. I didn't even say that. Okay, what kind of bet do you want to? Oh, this is a mistake. Yeah, that's not. What kind of bet do you want to make? No, do you want to see if if I can just stop coffee, cold turkey? No, don't do it. Coffee's fun for you. You you enjoy it. And that's the thing. But look at your cup there. You already had your cup of coffee, right? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Look how big that cup is. What did you drink? It's I. It's just almond milk and uh, a double espresso shot. Like oh, double espresso shot. It's not Do you have any much. idea how much caffeine that is? Um, it's about the same as a cup of coffee. Okay. It's just concentrated. Greg Hawkins says um, three sizes, hot or iced, drink name, customizations. That's the order. Source, former barista. Well, Jake is a former barista. Yeah, yeah it's not a hard language to learn. You just have to know. You just have yeah. to learn it. It's like, just okay. if you don't know it, it can be intimidating. So. Uh, let's see. Greg Hawkins says people would come in all the time at 5 a.m. for their morning milkshake. Exactly right. So oh, one shot of yeah. espresso is 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 sixty three milligrams of caffeine, roughly. Oh, that's approximately. So it's about the same as so, a cup of coffee. Yeah. So you're about that's right in that same. That's not ballpark. Yeah. yeah. I'm not that's getting like an extreme amount, and I don't have a regular coffee maker. So like all I make are Nespresso pods. And Tanai Johnson says, "I grew up drinking tea instead of coffee. My family didn't like coffee." Nice. Ah. I don't know, frankly. I have no idea how I avoided coffee because there's my, not really a reason. I no, just my never parents got were into coffee it, addicts. They drank pots and pots of coffee a day. Yeah, like I've I no idea how I avoided. I think that there it. wasn't as many um, energy drinks available when we were younger. Yeah. So you know, if I had Dude. said that I was tired, <clears throat> I probably was offered coffee. Do you know how much Fanta, like strawberry cream Fanta soda, Fanta, so good, I drank? Oh. I used to drink so much soda, and now I like orange quit Fanta cold is. Oh, amazing, it's the best. Dude. No, strawberry crush is the best. Yeah, that. Oh man, but I can't believe it's I was so syrupy sweet. But do you know how how bad my 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 soda fix was when we were at uh, barbecue pit stop the other day? Jake and I were loading a cooler full of diet and regular soda, and I was like, man. I should just have a soda. No, you shouldn't. Yes, I should. No, no, yes, no. Like, I was a warring with myself in my oh. head about just drinking a Diet Coke. I was like, it's been 10 years. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You're fat. You're ugly. Don't do it. Like, that's what it goes to. Like, the whole, like, it's, one soda is not going to damage me. But no. it's that, it's the mental game that we play with ourselves yeah, yeah. over things like coffee or Rockstar or soda or donuts. I've had a sip of soda every once in a while. I'll be like, dang, a Diet Dr. Pepper sounds so good. <laughs> and then I'll have a sip and I'm like, oh. You know yeah. what I always notice when I drink soda now? It always makes me thirstier. I'll drink soda and then I'm like, damn, I need to drink like more. So I'm, I'm the only holdout left in this house. <clears throat> well, I don't drink it regularly, yeah, but, but I, I've had it's it. It's only been like, I, seriously, I'll have a sip. Like, I'll remember that one time I think mm-hmm. I, we ordered some, some sort of food. It came with a drink. So I got a Diet Dr. Pepper. And then I I like drink some and I was like, oh yeah, I don't know. I I do not like carbonation. 
Like we were up at Canyons yesterday in, in Park City having lunch. Mm-hmm. And on the way down, we got caffeine. And you got the carbonated monster. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just can't do it. I only drank half of it. I can't do it. All right, real quick before we get out of here, the last thing I want to talk about is the cocoa. Right. The pandemo. Right. Is it over? Because it was interesting. We were involved in a, a small event. Um, small, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday night after our barbecue oh, pit that stop event. thing. I yeah. thought you meant the Hawaii event where we had the first. Yeah, scare. that was. Yeah. Oh, jeez, I forgot about that. Yeah. So in Hawaii, there was a, a small cocoa outbreak. And it's going to go into crisis lockdown mode here at the house. In our wedding group. Now, right. we fortunately, thankfully, did not get it. Yeah, we avoided it. But we go to this event Saturday night. There's a COVID outbreak at that event. There is? Well. Well, people were sick. People were unwell. sick. So is it over? Is it something? And I want to know if I'm just being paranoid. Because I think about this all the time. Right. Like, is it something that we should still be considering, thinking about, worrying about? Like, how? Because there's a also, by the way, I was every day I look for the latest studies that come out. Because usually it's really good show content, right? So I was looking at a new study that came out about COVID. And the Omicron variant, the interesting thing about the Omicron variant is it does not kill people the way that the former, the first Delta Delta did. But what it does is 20% of people who get the Omicron variant wind up with long haul COVID syndrome. Yeah, I've been immunized. In one form or another. It's different on everybody. And I'm just like, damn, dude, that's not worth the risk to me. But so, you know what? I think we haven't, and, and I'm not saying like let's go to a rave and you know let's go to a rave and, like, just so you can work a pound pound, right? But I'm just saying that so far, um, we've been exposed to it multiple times, and we haven't gotten sick. Yeah, like, if I, I don't get sick this week from from this event on Saturday, from not from the barbecue pit stop, but from the other event, on the Saturday one after night, that, yeah where people were actively sick, sneezing, and coughing a lot. Put a mask on. I don't yeah. care if you have COVID or not. If you are sick, put a mask on. Why not take care of the people around you and not get them sick? But anyways. It's something I worry about. Like, it is something I still think about. And again, I'm vaxxed and quadruple, quadruple, you know, boosted. Yeah, you're, you're uh, the sheep of all sheeps. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, man, I've, take I've taken yeah. my backs. Mm-hmm. I've taken my boosters. And it's just something I wonder how many people still care about it. How many people still consider it? You know, like Raphael makes a really good point. He says, for me, it's still concerning due to my wife being pregnant and we're two weeks away from the due date. Yeah. Raphael, why didn't you tell us that? What? Yeah, I had no idea. Raphael. Casual. Talking with Raphael. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's... Baby a, Raphael. Yeah, that's, that would be concerning. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. And why Jazz Fan says it's going to be around forever. Just stay home if you're sick. Same with kids. Yeah, I, right? I like, think we have to sick, have... Stop it. We've got to have more awareness, right? Like we have to have more awareness for when we're under the weather. And you have to, you have to determine pretty quickly. And this is why in-home tests, I think, are so important. But... You have to determine pretty quickly, hey, am I, is this allergies or do I have the flu? Do I have cocoa? Like, I I don't even think you need in-home tests, honestly. I think that if you have active symptoms of anything like a cold, which could also be the the cocoa, 
or if you have symptoms of the flu, whatever it is, stop. Don't go out. And if you have to go somewhere like this event on Saturday night, let other people know like, hey, um, I have a cold. And so uh, you might want to wear a mask. Oh, what? Breaking news. Breaking uh-oh. news. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, Let's go nine. back to Chopper Jet nine. Copter Monty live yes. over Downton Abbey. We're reporting back from Westminster Abbey. <laughs> yes. The uh, funeral is over. <laughs> Ten four. The funeral is over. King Charles the Cock has left the funeral. He is now heading to his billion-dollar home, and she's going in the ground. All right. Back to you. <clears throat> I am right, amazed at how Funeral's smooth off. they walk. Like the they're carrying the coffin and their march is like super. Yeah, she smooth. weighed like forty pounds. But still, it's she a was heavy like a tiny coffin. woman. It's made of lead, by the way. Her Why? coffin, and then they're shooting off cannons now. Why is it made of lead? It's made of oak and lead. That does not sound light. I think the lead helps preserve. Why do you want it? She's dead. Preserve what? I bet if you dug up any of those royals, they'd be pretty well preserved. Like a mummy? Yeah. I think that's HIPAA. See, here's what I don't understand. (laughs) They were like marching her casket down the street and going to be King Charles got in his car and drove away. You don't wait for her casket? Oh, man. He's going, he's he's going got to go sit on the stop. throne. He has to go to the next stop, I'm sure. Yeah, he's got to go anyway. count Yeah, the billions. next stop is the throne. Yeah, dumbass. <laughs> uh. Which, you bet yeah, everybody's going to be watching the coronation of King Charles III. So, wait, do you think this is like Game of Thrones? Like, is, is he going to be as like... as close as you're going to get. He's going to be like, all right, let's find the... Let's find Meghan Merkel's family. Burn them, take their dragon and burn them. Like, do you think like? No, they've already been run off. They left. <laughs> they're not. It's not like they're coming back. I don't think. Anyways, although I was I surprised to this. see Harry in military dress today, because the previous days he had not been in military dress. I thought he was in a suit doing his stupid backhanded salute thing. Today, excuse today me, or yesterday, he was actually salute. in. What's his brother's dress. name? Harry and William Frank. William. William. Hank? Henry? No. Same thing. Um, oh, look, we get Hoda on NBC now. Hoda. Hoda. So anyways. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, there talk. we go. All right. Hey, uh, appreciate everybody being here. If you're here right now, please give us a thumbs up. Appreciate you guys watching the show. As always, thanks to our good friends at The Advocates, utahadvocates.com. They present The Monty Show every single day. Again, I just encourage you. Let them know that you heard about it on The Monty Show. Thanks to Papa Murphy's, TridayTrading.com, slash The Monty Show. Slash Monty, thank you. Debra Davis, Wayman Brothers, Barbecue Pit Stop, TridayTrading.com, slash Monty. Until tomorrow, Jake. Nice cape, bud. We're landing the jet copter. Bye-bye.